The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three and Pat Unleashed as well. Hashtag put that in your pipe. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I continue to be. I think livid is a pretty good description about this advertiser boycott of the nothing burger that was the so-called insult uh, from Laura Ingram to uh, the kid (laughs) who is trying to bring about an end to the Second Amendment. I mean, the one good thing about this is Fox has actually made a statement this is something they certainly didn't do when it was us at Fox, when, when Glenn was on Fox and, and the advertiser boycott was going on. Uh, but they did it for Laura Ingram. We cannot and will not allow voices to be censored by agenda-driven int- intimidation efforts. We look forward to having Laura Ingram back hosting her show next Monday when she returns from spring vacation with her children. That would have been nice, but good for them. Uh, you know, because let's not forget her heinous, heinous. You want to repeat this attack. on the attack? Are you sure? Well, <sighs> let's be careful. Just, just tread lightly here. This All right. Is... Be ready to bleep it if sure. you know our Ron? network censors deem this too inappropriate. Okay. She wrote oh, no. on this tweet: David Hogg rejected by four colleges to which he applied, <clears throat> and whines about it. Dinged by UCLA with a 4.1 GPA, dot, dot, dot. Totally predictable given acceptance rates. Done. (laughs) Okay. Whoa. Whoa. You just repeated that, by the way. When you talk about egregious, Mm -hmm. uh, you start there. If you look up egregious in the dictionary, this is the tweet that they feature. I mean, there's one <laughs> word in there that's even remotely not flattering. Wine. He whines. <clears throat> so then, of course, uh, that was tweeted out, retweeted by uh, What's-His-Face. And uh, and he started encouraging everybody to, you know, I guess he's got 600,000 Twitter followers now. And he encouraged them all to hassle her advertisers. MoveOn.org got involved. I mean, that's the only thing they do. And <clears throat> so 17 of them so far and counting have caved. Even though she has since apologized. For what? She didn't need to apologize for anything. There's nothing really wrong with this. But she even wrote, any student should be proud of a 4.2 GPA, including David Hogg. On reflection, in the spirit of Holy Week, I apologize for any upset or hurt my tweet caused him or any of the brave victims of Parkland. For the record, I believe my show was the first to feature David immediately after that horrific shooting and even noted how poised he was, given the tragedy. As always, welcome to return to the show anytime for a productive discussion. Now, he has rejected out of hand her apology, which, wow, uh, that's kind of not cool, especially in today's environment. Uh, um, and these are the advertisers who have pulled out. Bear, 
the pharmaceutical company who aided the Nazis in exterminating the Jews, Miracle Ear, Liberty Mutual Insurance, whose ads are so obnoxious, uh, they won't be missed. <laughs> Guarantee you that. Ruby Tuesday pulled out Atlantis, Paradise Island, Jenny Craig, New Trish. Here's what they said. We're in the process of removing our ads from Laura Ingram's program. Well, good, because uh, what a, in my opinion, what a garbage product you sell. Listen to the ingredients in their pet food. Do you want your dog or cat eating any of this? Chicken. Okay, good. Then chicken meal. Chicken meal? Mm. Soybean meal. Not even actually soybean, but the meal from it. <laughs> Whole grain corn, dried peas, dried plain beet pulp. Ooh. Wow, the dinner, dinner bell's ringing now for yeah. your pet. I hope they didn't hear that because they're going to be demanding some dried plain beet pulp. Chicken fat, but not just chicken fat. It's also preserved. It's got a nice preservative in it mixed with tocopherols. I'm sorry? Tocopherols. No, my dogs don't get that. No way. Brown rice, natural flavor, salt. Oh, and the yummy, yummy dicalcium phosphate we all clamor for every day. Yes, yes. Give me some more phosphates in my diet. Especially the dicalcium phosphates. Sure. Yum. Delicious. Um, I I, I don't want to interrupt the ingredients list here, but uh, I love the principle of nutrition. They're mm-hmm. saying um, we're in the process of getting our ads removed, which means we've already paid for the ads. We can't contractually um, end this right mm-hmm. now. And so instead of demanding they just pull our ads and keep our money, since we've already paid, we're going to let them keep running our ads until what we've paid for has aired. Nice principle there, Nutrish. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> dehydrated alfalfa. Oh, yes. <clears throat> when was the last time you had a delicious meal of dehydrated alfalfa? Uh, it's been a while for it, me. Yeah, it's been a while. Is that, <laughs> you know, that's what you got that Jeffy paid for, right? Right. At the restaurant? Yeah. What about iron protonate? I, I just, I woke up in the middle of the night just yeah. starving for iron protonate. Yeah. I mean, didn't have any around the house, though. It's just too expensive. Got a hankering for it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, no big loss there. Hulu is, is the toughest one, Shh, as we've all you. admitted. I'm going under a tunnel here. Ah. Trip, you're under a tunnel. You're I can't right hear next you. No, Ooh, tunnel, can't hear you. No, it's, it's you're sitting right next tunnel. to me. Uh, Trip Advisor, Wayfair. I, I like the statement from Wayfair, the online home goods retailer. They, I'm quoting now, the okay. decision of an adult to personally criticize a high school student who has lost his classmates in an unspeakable tragedy is not consistent with our values. But you know what is consistent with their values? Supporting a kid who calls law-abiding citizens murderers, mm-hmm. child murderers. And uses the F-bomb to describe people over and over and over. Totally, apparently, consistent with the, with the values of Wayfair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stitch Fix, Expedia, Nestle. I mean, there's so many chocolate companies, so many food companies. It's, they're easily ignored. Yeah. Johnson & Johnson, it's tough because they sell everything. Yeah. And Office Depot. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as I said on the News and White Matters... I just think it's time for us to retaliate. I, You know, as conservatives, we don't do boycotts. We don't believe in boycotts. You let the market handle it. Um, but they're going to continue this until there's no free speech anymore. Until they've silenced every critic. When it's this bad that you're trying to drive a person off the air for using the word wine in a tweet. 
I, I think we've got to respond now. I hate that thought, but I don't know what else to do here. I don't know what else to do. They're drumming everybody off the air. She's apologized. She didn't say much in the first place, and still you have this. Now, the article that was talking about uh, the Fox statement, something we never got from them, and that's why this sort of uh, mindset continues even years and years after it's been completely disproven. Fox News executives will not comment beyond the statement they made, but privately they believe Ingram's offense does not approach the issues that brought down hosts Bill O'Reilly or Glenn Beck, (laughs) who both lost their shows after advertisers pulled out. Now, in (laughs) O'Reilly's case, maybe, I don't know, it was mostly the alleged sexual harassment that he, he claims didn't happen and that actually some of the victims mentioned say didn't happen. And they signed an affidavit to uh, confirm that. But this, that is not what happened to Glenn. That is not what took place. They went further. Beck was fired after advertisers fled his show. Glenn Beck was not, for the millionth time, not fired from Fox News. For, it had to be a year before we left Fox We discussed leaving Fox almost every day. (laughs) Almost every day. He would say, you know, I really feel like I feel like we've got to leave Fox Fox News. I, I, I don't know. Is it is it a mistake? I feel like we need to leave. He eventually came to grips with it, decided it was the right thing to do and resigned from Fox News. Was not fired. Now, was Fox supportive during this boycott stuff? No. Because uh, there were some issues with uh, with Roger, who didn't like anybody becoming or being perceived as bigger than the network was. And at the time, Glenn just got more publicity than Fox did. And it drove him crazy. He didn't like it, which is why they never supported. And there was kind of an on and off relationship there. But... The lie that continues that he was fired is just, I'm so tired of it. So tired of it. And again, you know, here we are defending Laura Ingram. I'm not even a fan of Laura Ingram, but she doesn't deserve this for the word wine. And uh, for a, a, on a larger issue, we're going to lose freedom of speech. We're just not going to be able to say anything about anybody. I mean, this this kind of stuff could shut down talk radio and just end it permanently. You know, when when the boycott was going on, we also had a scheduled vacation, just like Laura does uh, this week. And they did the same thing. Oh, he's been suspended by Fox. He's been suspended. No, <laughs> The, the vacation has been scheduled for over six months. <laughs> it's just, it's a natural vacation. And we came back after it. And if you're suspended and then fired, you don't come back after your suspension. It, you know that. Everybody knows that. It's just agonizing. We have to put up with. But beyond that, again, it's dangerous. Dangerous to our uh, democracy. 
<laughs> what was the dangerous to our democracy thing yesterday? Sinclair? Yeah, okay. Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sinclair announcement. Uh, all right. 888 with your thoughts on the day. Uh, let me tell you how to avoid your kids being indoctrinated with a lot of this nonsense. Freedom Project Academy. They offer your children an online classical education. It's the way our founders learned. It's how Thomas Jefferson became so informed and brilliant. Um, it's, it's really the way our nation was founded because our founders had a classical in, uh, education to prepare them. Freedom Project Academy has an incredibly interactive educational experience where your kids attend live classes every day with teachers and fellow classmates across the country. They don't accept even a penny of government funding. So they are not beholden to the government. They can stay committed to teaching your kids how to think, not what to think. You can enroll your kids full-time. Just start with a single class, completely up to you. The enrollment ends in July, but the classes fill up pretty fast. So while you're thinking about it, go to freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool, F-O-R, school.com. And don't forget to tell them I sent you. Freedomforschool.com. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Now back to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, welcome. Great to have you here. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Here's another agonizing story. Uh, for some reason, uh, white discrimination is not just accepted. It is promoted. University of Colorado in Colorado Springs is offering a class that awards students up to three academic credits for attending their White Privilege Con- Conference. Uh, 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 uh. <clears throat> it's taught by a sociology professor who is also cor- co-organizing the, the White Privilege Conference, the intersections of privilege. It's meeting exclusively online except for required required attendance at the annual conference, <laughs> which this year will be in Gra- Grand Rapids, Michigan. This course is offered to students planning to attend the annual White Privilege Conference. On April, uh, well, it's April 4th through the 7th. So oh. y- you can still make it. If you've been dying to hear about white privilege and how evil you are yeah. and how you've taken advantage of all minorities mm-hmm. and that you're just a bad person who needs to be and deserves to be beaten down. Yeah. Uh, you still got some chance. Uh, still got a chance to get to Michigan. Yeah, and I think and enjoy the, this thing. There's an airline that's uh, got a forty nine dollar airfare sale going on right now. So if you want to, do they? Yeah, if you want to, you know, just last minute uh, book <laughs> that trip to Colorado Springs to get your. No, uh, you want to go all the way to Michigan. For oh, this. Michigan's that one. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the, yeah. this is okay. But they're they're making sure that the Oof. that the kids who are enrolled in the class get up to Michigan. Gotcha. Okay, and, so and Michigan is where you want to be to yeah. get your lily white yes. butt kicked. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to find out. 
how evil you are, your parents were, your grandparents, and so on. Oh, I know. I mean, I hear it every day. Yeah. Well, you're going to hear a lot more of it. <laughs> In person. Man, this is just getting worse <laughs> and worse. Terrible. If this was about uh, the problems with black people, let's say there was a, <laughs> right. a conference like sure. that. Yeah, I mean, that's, of course. Come and study, and it's a mandatory uh, attendance. Mm-hmm. Uh, come study, what's wrong with black people? <laughs> and then you... Have a bunch of white speakers talking about it. I mean, I think the building they held it in would be burned to the ground. Burned to the ground. You would have rioting. You would. Ha- you would have. I mean, the National Guard would have to be called out. But for some reason, it's perfectly acceptable. Sure. To talk about how bad white people are. Mm-hmm. Students in the intersections of privilege class can choose from among more than one hundred individual workshops during their four-day sojourn, including, which I love, okay, because this is not limited just to the badness of white people. It also involves finally ridding ourselves of capitalism, which has, uh, you know, almost destroyed the planet. So wait a minute. Capitalism is white? Well, it, here's the, here's the uh, workshop you can attend. Breaking the Chains of Capitalism and White Supremacy. So I guess they're both connected. Sure. And the whiteness of law. And there's another, how whiteness kills. Oh, yeah. I Insert mean. black or brown <laughs> into either of these. <laughs> uh. This year's conference, of course, going on at Grand Valley State, which initially offered its students scholarships to cover the registration costs. Wow. While students are promised academic credit for attending, it's unclear if any additional homework or essays are required. The course credit can also be applied toward the University of Colorado's Graduate Certificate in Diversity. You can get a Certificate in Diversity, Social Justice, and Inclusion. Don't act like That's an surprised. actual course? Of course it is. <laughs> Whitey McWhiterson over there. Gosh. Hmm. To earn their certificate... Students can also take other classes, such as unmasking whiteness and another on social health justice. Wow. This is good. I mean, this is... Uh, According to the instructor's profile, she's widely recognized as a leading scholar of the far right and has conducted many... Oh, she studies the far right. Mm. She's uh, conducted many workshops on the far right hate crime and teaching about hate because obviously teaching people to hate whiteness Mm -hmm. is all about love yeah yeah (laughs) that's all and don't say it like you don't mean that no i do i mean that (laughs) entirely teaching people to hate themselves because they're white and hating other white people that's just that's loving it's the most loving thing you can do yep she is also currently teaching a class on racial storytelling that involves taking a group of students to Montgomery, Alabama, as well as a class on perspectives of race and ethnic relations. I'm guessing both of those are just terrific classes. Mm-hmm. Terrific. <clears throat> I, I, You know, we've gone so far the other way. <laughs> and I, I guess the theory is that white people deserve it because blacks have been oppressed in the past. Signs of a healthy republic. Right here. No, isn't that the truth? Jeez. How do they get away with it continually over and over and over again? 
Also, this is kind of fun. Uh, the Saudi prince who is visiting the United States just rented the Four Seasons Hotel in Beverly Hills. Wait, like like a the room? Enti- he booked the room. The room uh-huh. on every floor. Oh, oh. <laughs> every <laughs> every room on every floor of the hotel. Wow, what must that have cost? Jeez. Mm. Okay, you know you get a presidential suite for the night, just a suite. Yeah, and there are two hundred and eighty-five units, so we could actually do the math on this. Oh wow, you. Yeah. Uh, Let's see what we got here. Hold on, two just weeks. the regular rooms. Okay, it's a sixteen-story hotel. The regular rooms start at six twenty-five per night. Okay, so the regular rooms is one hundred and seventy-eight thousand a night. Then, okay, if, if they were all just regular rooms, uh, there's one hundred and eighty-five guest rooms um, that are an upgrade on that. So those are about uh, fifteen hundred a night. Okay, so add that to whatever, and a hundred are luxury suites. The presidential suites alone go for more than ten thousand dollars a night. And I don't know, I'm somewhere around half a million. Yeah, a night? Yeah. Per night. Yeah. yeah. For the whole hotel. Yep. So I guess the price of oil, not <laughs> not down as far as we thought. No. The Saudi Arabian uh, royal family are doing okay. Man, they live high on the hog. Mm. They live the most opulent, ostentatious lives. Remember the guy, there was one of these Saudi princes who wanted a private jet, but not just any private jet. He wanted it gold-plated. Remember that? <laughs> he wanted it made out of gold, and they said, dude. Do you know how heavy that would be? He can't get airborne. It would be so heavy. So I think he finally decided on the gold plating or the gold I was going to say, can, can we interest you in some gold paint? <laughs> Golly. They don't mind, uh, the, you know, the income inequality that they show on a pretty regular basis. They, I don't think they're real concerned with that. 888 Also... The blue wave that's sweeping across Texas. <clears throat> there's all there's a story on this almost every day. I know. Certainly okay. several a week. This guy, Beto O'Rourke, he's an Irish American who has for whatever reason adopted this Hispanic nickname, Beto. <laughs> His name is Robert uh O'Rourke. They're definitely Irish. But I think it's pandering to the Hispanics in uh in Texas. And and so He's raised already a, a staggering six point seven million in the first quarter of twenty of uh, of the year. That eye popping haul comes in the wake of news that Paul Ryan's Democratic challenger Randy Iron Stash Bryce also raised an impressive two point one million I'm to sorry, challenge him. Hold, hold, hold on, what is the dude? Randy name? Iron Stash Bryce. Uh, so I'm guessing he's got quite a mustache, maybe a uh, Tom Selleck esque. Mustache. And, and they let you put these nicknames on the ballot. Yes, yeah, embarrassing. Embarrassing. Yes. Embarrassing. <laughs> O'Rourke here in Texas uh-huh. is a former punk rocker who's uh Aren't we all? trying to unseat Ted Cruz. <laughs> He's also outraised Cruz in the last three in three of the last four quarters, according mm. to the Texas Tribune. Yeah, but does he have a hip song yet like Ted Cruz? <laughs> no, I don't think he does. <laughs> I don't think he does. He's also not going to win. As much as the media and the press try to make him out to be a serious contender and that Ted Cruz is in trouble, look at all the money this guy has raised. Yeah. I will eat my underwear if this guy beats Ted Cruz. There's no chance. Mm-hmm. That's how confident I am that there's not a blue wave that's going to sweep Texas and 
sweep Ted Cruz out of office this year. Mm-hmm. I am just making note here. Okay. If Green. Beto O'Rourke beats mm-hmm. Ted Cruz and becomes U.S. Senator from Texas, I uh, I will eat my underwear. That's just it could, because it's just not possible. <laughs> it is not going to happen. And that has has it been entered been in the uh, public record officially logged? Okay, and uh, maybe I'll tweet that out at the Blaze Keats so that people can sure. remind me if that is to happen. However, okay. this is not a bet that I want to see <laughs> you eat your underwear because no. oh, I want Ted Cruz to remain in the Senate. If you got, then you have John Cornyn, <sighs> Republican in name only, mm-hmm. and Beto O'Rourke, a hardcore Democrat. No, uh, please no. And Texas can't happen. No. It just can't happen. No. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Joined this morning by retired four-star general, Air Force General Tony McPeak. He he was a big part of the Ken Burns PBS documentary on Vietnam, uh, which is always a fascinating topic. Uh, he flew hundreds of combat missions in Vietnam. He was chief of staff during Desert Storm, served under Presidents H.W. Bush through Obama. Uh, so this guy has been serving his country for a long time. Uh, general McPeak, welcome to the blaze. <clears throat> Hi, Pat. Thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, so uh, you've got a three-volume memoir that um, takes takes us deep inside the U.S. military. First, hangar flying, below the zone, and now your new book, Roles and Missions. Tell us about that. Well, uh, it is a memoir, 37 years in the Air Force. The first book's my favorite because it's about flying fighters. <laughs> so yeah. service in fighter squadrons, uh, flew with the Thunderbirds for 200 air shows. Oh, wow. And then Vietnam, then Vietnam, of course, uh, uh, I was a commander of a squadron over there called Misty. Okay. Rather famous uh, outfit that uh, tried to stop traffic down the Ho Chi Minh Trail. And, of course... That was what Ken Burns got with me about because he had to cover the story of the Ho Chi Minh Trail and how we never did stop traffic down that road. So it was very interesting. And then the second volume, Below the Zone, is about the many years kind of peacetime service. And then the final volume of Roles and Missions uh, is the four years I spent as uh, chief of the the Air Force. Okay. Uh, What is the current state of the U.S. military, in your opinion? I think the Air Force is in remarkably good shape. You know, we've been fighting continuously Mm -hmm. uh, since Desert Storm, really, for the past 25 years. Somebody's been shooting at us uh, somewhere. Yeah. And during that period, we've lost six airplanes to combat. So we lose an airplane about every every four years. Wow. Pretty active combat. That's an amazing uh, record, and it ought to make, uh, you know, front-page news every day. Right. I our mean, president, our th- president chief of staff was in one of the airplanes. He was shot down in 1999 over uh, Serbia. But uh, so it's very unusual. You know, he's one of the few guys we've gotten. But by the way, we've gotten everybody back of all six of those uh, 
combat losses. And thank goodness one of them was, uh, is now our present chief of staff, Dave Goldfein. Wow. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, tell me about the, the technology that, um, that the U.S. has compared to our, uh, our potential enemies like Russia and, and China. There, there's some speculation. I was just reading an article last week that they've supposedly leapfrogged us when it comes to jet fighters and that they've got something that goes uh, amazingly supersonic. Uh, are, are they ahead of us technologically when it comes to uh, air power? I think we are still ahead, uh, especially in airplanes. Now, uh, the report that you're talking about is hypersonic weapon, which is not a man. Yeah, the aircraft. missiles. Okay, uh, right. Yeah, it's a missile. And uh, we are perhaps a little behind there. I'm not sure. Really? I know where we are, but I don't know where they are. Uh, it's a very, very important development. We need to put money behind it. I think this big increase we have uh, this year in defense spending will allow us to work on that problem. Uh, so uh, especially if you're in the Navy, I think hypersonic missiles coming at you at Mach 5 or Mach 6 it's a very big problem, and so we need to get, you know, we need to get on that. However, on the airplanes themselves, manned aircraft or drones, uh, I think we're a lot stealthier than they are. They're behind us in stealth. I think we operate better at night than they can, and uh, you know, I think our our munitions are precision munitions, and theirs mm-hmm. are at least based on what we see so far in Syria, are kind of the old-fashioned dumb bombs. Uh, so. So I'm not concerned that we're behind, except in this one area of hypersonic missiles. I think we ought to get moving. Uh, There's been a lot of reports lately, and even some video footage of strange, unidentified objects in the sky. And a lot of airline pilots have talked about it, even some fighter pilots. There's some footage, I think it's from 2015, with a couple of F-18 pilots that are going back and forth about something they see and can't keep up with, and it it shoots off of the radar. Is there any chance that's our military uh, testing things that we don't even know about and they don't want people to know about? Uh, Pat, I don't know. I've been out to the Air Force now for 20 years, so I don't have the kind of uh, clearances I once had. Yeah. But I would be I would be a little skeptical. We've had this kind of report since, you know, the 50s, 1950s. And mm-hmm. it's always because of uh, of some atmospheric disturbance or some physically explainable phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, I think people are anxious to, you know, they're ready to uh, more ready to believe fiction sometimes than uh, fact. So I'd be a little skeptical until you actually see some physical evidence we're speaking to retired four-star general air force general tony mcpeak um general mcpeak what we mentioned uh some potential foes what about north korea i i think you're a little more hawkish on north korea than certainly you are on the middle east uh why is that and and what kind of threat do you think they pose to us well i'm very worried pat about north korea i mean here you got a guy who seems crazy and it's not uh, it's not speculation that he has nuclear weapons. We know he has nuclear weapons. He's detonated them, yeah. tested them. Uh, it's not speculation that he may have intercontinental ballistic missiles. He's shown that capability. And so 
we now have a, a threat to Chicago, you know, or maybe even New York City, Washington, but certainly Dallas, Denver, my hometown, Portland, Oregon. Wow. Uh, I don't think we should live with our cities under this kind of threat. And uh, uh, I'm now, don't get me wrong, I propose that we follow every other path here. Uh, negotiations, certainly. Uh, economic sanctions, fine. Try to get the Chinese to help us or the, or the Russians to help us, fine. But we've tried all those things. And so far, nothing has stopped this nuclear program in the North. So my hunch is that we will have to step in militarily mm. and stop this program. And, and if so, that's what we need to do. I mean, if we have armed forces for any reason, it is to prevent this sort of existential threat to to our country and to the lives and property of our citizens. So, uh, you know, I would favor let's decide on a date certain when this, uh, say, the end of this calendar year. I don't think we can wait forever here and uh, get started on solving this problem. So uh, military intervention, what would that look like in your mind? How, how would you intervene? Does that just include a bombing raid or um, what exactly does that look like? <laughs> Well, I do think it involves bombing. I would hope that we uh, would have enough imagination to involve the Chinese here. Yeah. 100% of the North's nuclear uh, sites of interest is within 100 kilometers of the, of the border, 60 miles. And so the Chinese and the Chinese have very a substantial military force on the other side of the border. I think they could move to occupy those sites. Uh, you know, and certainly less than a week, maybe two or three days. Mm-hmm. We ought to we ought to uh, work out an arrangement with them. I mean, it serves no purpose in for in Beijing for North Korea have to have nuclear weapons. So uh, they might be willing to cooperate with us, and and we would have we would limit our incursion on the ground to the area just uh, north of the DMZ where there are a lot of artillery sites that have to be closed up or they're, you know, they would uh, be a punishing uh, Seoul because Seoul, because of an accident of geography, Seoul is right up next to the DMZ. And so, mm-hmm. well, you know, we would, we would have to take out those artillery sites that range Seoul immediately. That's with bombing and with ground forces. And we should use our air force to make precision attacks against their, a nuclear and missile facilities located uh, in the north, and we should uh, cooperate with the Chinese to uh, to occupy that territory. I, I don't think China mm. would ever stand aside and let us militarily intervene, uh, you know, all the way up to the north. Uh, so we we probably should try to arrange a, some sort of a, a deal where. They take the sites, and then we provide technical assistance and help to, uh, you know, to transport these nuclear materials and, uh, you know, uh, uh, denuclearize, de- de-weaponize that, that stuff. I'm not sure the Chinese have that capability. Do you think that we have a better opportunity of getting the Chinese involved when Donald Trump is in office or with somebody else? I'm not sure, uh, Pat. I'm I'm very worried about some aspects of 
of what's going on in Washington. Uh, one is, we, for instance, we don't have an ambassador in Seoul. We have these talks coming up between uh, President Trump and, uh, and uh, Kim Jong-un. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't have an ambassador in Seoul. A, a guy who was eminently qualified to go over there was nominated by Trump, and then subsequently that nomination was withdrawn, apparently over disagreements about what to do with the North. Uh, we don't have a Secretary of State confirmed. We are changing out our National Security Advisor. Uh, the State Department, a lot of the expertise that used to be there that could help with uh, something like this problem is gone. There's empty chairs there. So I'm a little bit worried that uh, we don't have a world-class team in place to uh, carry out whatever policy Mm. Uh, President Trump wants to carry out. But I don't think uh, the situation is a lot worse because uh, with Obama, uh, there didn't seem to be uh, the kind of urgency that we need to have to take to take this problem on. So, That's for sure. I don't know. It's, it's a mixed picture. You know, I don't I don't know how to call it. Um, and you add to all that you've mentioned uh, a former Russian general who just said, we, this just breaking story today, has said that the world is on the brink of, quoting him, the last war in the history of mankind as part of the fallout from this uh, poisoning scandal of the Russian spy in Britain. Uh, how, do, how would you handle that situation with Russia? Look, there's no reason... <laughs> for us to be where we are now, vis-a-vis uh, Moscow. There, you know, first of all, we have a lot of advantages against the Russians in any kind of contest, and I think they realize it. But one place that they are equal to us is if we're going to have a massive nuclear exchange here. Now, that should not occur as a consequence of what's happening in North Korea, but it could occur because we have pushed the Russians pretty hard in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, we expanded NATO uh, right up to their borders. We're sort of uh, against what they're doing in the Ukraine. Now, the Ukraine is a, is a vital area to them. I mean, uh, it's been the breadbasket of Russia for many years. But here we are finding ourselves on the opposite side of the Russians mm-hmm. at a place where we don't have a vital interest, but they do. Now, my, my, my advice is don't poke the Russian bear, especially when it's wounded. <laughs> you know, Let, right. there, we, we need to look for ways to cooperate with the Russians if we can find them. I mean, I mean we don't need to manufacture goodwill here, but there are, there are, there are places and, and issues and policies where there's no reason why we can't cooperate. And so a war, if we get into a massive exchange of ICBMs with Russia, it will be the last war Oh yeah, civilization. And we don't want that. So, and, and it doesn't need to be this way. We should look for ways to cooperate where we can. Now, I don't endorse, you know, murdering Russians in Britain, or uh, I don't endorse their interfering with our electoral process and so on. But to some degree, we may be responsible for Russians acting uh, 
badly because we have pushed them too hard in areas where we didn't need to push them. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, such a tenuous situation and so precarious right now, it seems, uh, between North Korea, China, and Russia, and all the things that are going on. And then you have the Middle East, which I, I think you want to walk fairly softly in the Middle East as well. Is, is that true? What should our role I, be there? Well, I think we've mishandled the Middle East uh, big time. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, we, I was chief of the Air Force when we we won Desert Storm. And if you look at the people that were involved in that, I mean, George H.W. Bush was no, uh, he was a great, great president for leadership in a situation like that where you had to put together an alliance. Uh, Jim Baker, Secretary of State, Colin Powell, yeah. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Dick Cheney, uh, SecDef. I mean, we really had a world-class team. Uh, Scorecroft is a national security advisor. I mean, you couldn't make first-round draft choices like that uh, by accident. So that team was a good team. We fought Desert Storm. It was We fought and won it in 44 days. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm a little worried that we don't have that kind of expertise in place right now in Washington. And so mm-hmm. uh, we're kind of, uh, you know, I think in a moment of potential uh, quite serious danger for the country. Uh, General, thank you so much for your service, first of all. And um, thanks for coming on today. The books are uh, his in his three memoir series, Hangar Flying, Below the Zone, and the brand new one, Roles and missions. What's the best place? Amazon to get these? Where generalmcpeak.com? Okay. Yes, Amazon will work or my website, generalmcpeak.com. And thank you, Pat. I very much enjoyed being with you this Thank you. Uh, Likewise. Appreciate it. Thanks. 888-900-3393. Guy's been uh, serving his country for an awfully long time. Kind of knows what he's talking about. Cosmohurtskids.com has a mission, and that's to protect children. And even when it comes to Cosmopolitan Magazine, the founder of this movement, Victoria Hearst, her family's company, the Hearst Corporation, obviously publishes Cosmopolitan Magazine. So it makes for an interesting situation. But she believes, as I do, that pornography should not be sold to kids under 18. You might be thinking, well, Cosmo, come on, Cosmo, that's not pornography. Well, until you start reading some of the articles in it. That include the ultimate sex position guide, a whole bunch of them. Um, you have your go-to classics, of course. They say I won't even mention what the classics are, Mm-mm. and then roughly thirty thousand spinoff positions. I mean, if your kids could learn just ten of them, they're set, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe you'd like to wait till they're adults. Uh, to be gaining that sort of knowledge. That's where the Cosmo Hurts Kids campaign comes in. If you believe, like I do and Victoria Hurst does, that porn shouldn't be sold to kids under 18, go to CosmoHurtsKids.com and help out. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag TellPat. The Blaze Radio Network.
Gray is here <laughs> on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, Donald Trump speaking to reporters just made the statement, probably nobody's tougher on Russia than me. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure that's accurate, but maybe. <laughs> maybe if you really use your imagination, you could kind of make that work. Uh, but then again, not really. <laughs> He's also demanding uh, some action, congressional action on, on the illegal immigration loopholes. Right now, there's a huge caravan of people moving up from Central America, like Honduras, I think most of them are from. And there's over a thousand people making their way north through Mexico. They've been aided along the way by Mexico, uh, helped along the way. And fortunately, the president's made enough noise. And I think they finally said, look, stop it. What are you doing? Do you want these people to immigrate to your country? You You take them then. What are you doing? Helping them illegally uh, migrate to the United States of America and demand asylum. That's apparently the uh, the plan for this group. And they're actually making a list of demands on us. <laughs> let's, let, let, let's have your demands. What a world. I mean, Ugh. really? Just you, insane. You've got a caravan coming here illegally mm-hmm. and on the way to illegally breaking into our nation. Mm-hmm. You're making demands for when you get here. How does that work in anybody's world? Again, there's no other nation on earth that would ever be expected to put up with this. Nope. Any other nation on earth, including Mexico, probably especially Mexico, would have troops waiting at the border. They'd have troops waiting. Yeah. And whether or not they'd open fire, they'd certainly, they'd certainly turn them back and not allow access. Finally, Mexico has said, okay, we'll probably break up this group a little bit, but we're still going to let the pregnant women, people with disabilities, and uh, children, we're going to let them stay. Oh, good. The folks that so that's great. need help from yeah. the welfare system when right. they arrive. Exactly. All righty. Exactly. <laughs> so they're uh, lining up now to speak with Mexican immigration officials. Uh, some will apply for humanitarian visas in Mexico, while others will only ask for transit visas to travel north to the U.S. Uh, Mexico's National Institute of Immigration said that it plans by tomorrow to disband the caravan that's been traveling through Mexico. Caravan organizers, however, said that they expect at least some of the immigrants to continue north to the U.S. border. They estimate that most of them will still seek asylum or some type of protection in the United States. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, Gina Garibo says, at the end of the day, these people have the right to ask for asylum. We don't have... We don't have to grant it. Okay? You're talking about Honduras. I... Is there some sort of cleansing going on in Honduras that I don't know about? In fact, she denied the caravan is over. We have to follow through with our promise to help people gain asylum in the United States or Mexico. Migrants would continue moving, but in smaller groups than the caravan. Well, yeah, it just makes it tougher to find them all. That's that's no problem. Uh, don't be fooled, she said. The government isn't disbanding it. It's conceding its participants the right to apply for asylum without traveling in the shadows. 
Okay, so if you oppose a group threatening you at gunpoint, you're causing them to migrate in the shadows. They're coming here illegally. Again, what other, <laughs> yes, I what mean, other dude, nation on earth? I mean, you can't. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's, you can't make this stuff up. No. It's unbelievable. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, welcome. It's great to have you with us. 888-900-3393 and at Pat Unleashed where Piltdown Posse writes concerning the uh, Laura Ingram situation, whine to complain or protest in a childish fashion sounds completely true to me. Huh. Tong Company uh, why does he need college? Seems he knows everything Everything already. Isn't that the truth? GA Patriot, let's ask Target and Delta how jumping into politics worked out for them. And Lori D. Judas Goat, number nine. Damn it, Pat. Stop making political predictions. You stink at it. Oh. <clears throat> that was the uh, Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. Eating my underwear situation. I will say this, though. Mm-hmm. Obviously wrong about Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 2012, was wrong about Romney. Mm-hmm. However, in my defense, when I, whenever I've said I will eat my underwear if I have never had to eat my underwear because I've been right in each instance. Elizabeth Warren did not win the Democratic nomination. Uh, the other one was, okay, the fence is not going to be built 100%. Mm-hmm. And now... Ted Cruz will not lose to Beto O'Rourke, or I will eat my underwear. I will eat okay. my underwear if Pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, look for that uh, on uh, Pat's for that. Twitter page shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> back on the uh, on the boycott situation, MSNBC uh, had liberal Christian activist Frank Schaefer on MSNBC's Joy Reid show talking about Laura Ingram. And her faith. This is fascinating coming from MSNBC. Here's what they said. She's a convert to Catholicism. And here we are in Holy Week, culminating in Easter, and she chooses this time to mock, to mock. a teenager no, who stood up against gun violence. Juxtapose uh-huh. that with the last thing you had on this program before talking to me, and that was an, a, a, a report on Pope Francis. Here's right. someone who had breast cancer who survived it, Laura Ingram did, saying after she had breast cancer that she was going to re-examine her life and dedicate herself to higher things. Look at the fall that she has taken, now a poster child for imitating Donald Trump's ugly intolerance. Imagine that in Holy Week, at the time when Christians around the world are saying he is risen. Truly he is risen, answers the other Christian. And who do we hate next is the evangelical or conservative Roman Catholic view. To the point of mocking kids Mm. who stand against violence. Think about that, Joy. That's where we are. No, that's not where we are. First of all, she didn't mock the kid. 
She mentioned that he was whining about not getting into college, and she said it was no big deal, given their requirements for college entrance. Who is this guy? Frank Schaefer. I don't think I've ever seen him before. Find out if he is pro-abortion. On Holy Week, she's purporting to be Catholic. Is this guy Catholic? Let's... (laughs) I mean... Which is worse on Holy Week? Saying somebody was whining about something or advocating for the murder of children in the womb? I wonder. Hmm. One of these things just doesn't belong. One of these things is not like the other. You tell me. Ah, the, the rhetoric on this is unbelievable. When she didn't even say anything that was really mocking. He's making a statement. Is this the guy uh, that they had on? Uh, can somebody tell me in my ear? Uh, in 2013, tried by a United Methodist court for officiating at his son's same-sex marriage. Is this the same guy? Oh, I and bet. And he was defrocked for it? Yeah, I'll bet, I'll bet you. Uh, so he's Methodist, probably? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what the Methodist stance on abortion is, but, I mean, the hypocrisy of these people. Oh, he was reinstated uh, a year later. Oh, was he? Yeah. So. so he's he's back in the Methodist mm-hmm. ministry. But I will look up. Good, uh, good. He seems a, like a great guy. Any quotes he has about abortion? Imagine sure. that on on Holy Week, where somebody would use the word "wine" to describe somebody who's trying to take away our Second Amendment rights. <laughs> what a world! What an unbelievable world we live in. Uh, by the way. Uh, Donald Trump has just said he's he's going to send troops to the border. Yeah. Now I don't I don't know if that's in in response to the caravan headed north, but I'm assuming it is. Yeah, and he said though in the same um, uh, press conference he just did that Mexico has broken up that caravan. Now I haven't seen that anywhere else. I mean, the president would know before any of us. We'd hope. Well, they claimed they were going but, to, but then the article I just read a few minutes ago claims that they didn't, and they're not. So I don't know. Who do you believe on this? Who knows? This is interesting, though. As you talk about Mexico and the amount of illegal immigration from Mexico, and conversely, how Mexico treats illegal aliens in their country. According to a report in January and February alone of this year, January and February, Mexican immigration authorities deported 16,278 people. 16,278 people in two months. That's who Mexico? Yeah. Sent away from their country. Yeah, they deported them. Got it. Wait, what? (laughs) How can you dare do something like that? We send back them. Yeah, well, Calderon told us that's what they do. (laughs) And sure enough, you bet they do. But on the other hand, they look the other way when their own citizens are illegally crossing our border. They don't care. In fact, they help them. They send them maps. They show them where our border patrol agents are. Uh, they go out of their way to help their people come here illegally. Just an amazing situation. And then for this, uh, for this caravan to be making demands on us. First, before they've even gotten to the border, I, I'm just please do send the military there just to just to keep order. 
just to keep a thousand people at once from crossing our border. Because if you allow it, what's going to happen? You're going to get more and more and more of that. Then people will band together in these massive groups and say, well, there's nothing they can do about it. They're not going to stop us. If we allow this, this thousand person caravan to come across our border and just enter our country illegally, uh, it's going to break our back. This will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. And it might be time to migrate ourselves to another planet. They just found mm, yeah. they just found one that's really far away from all these troubles. Yeah, so... Uh, astron- astronomers spotted the most distant star ever observed. Nine billion light years from Earth. Nine billion light years. How many Stuckies are on the way? 95 trillion because okay. we'll it's so. a it's a i mean that's and they're spread out a long way because nine billion light years think of this yeah is a light year is the distance light travels in a year okay which is six trillion miles six trillion miles in one year okay so you multiply six trillion by nine billion hold on and that's how far away it is in miles it's going to take a while. <laughs> it's a lot of zeros. I don't think you're... There's, is there a calculator that can calculate that? Oh, yeah. There's no name for a number that big. So six, six trillion times what? Nine billion. Okay, I'll get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> there I go. Hold on. It's 5.4000000E plus 22. Okay. Put that in your pipe. Okay. Uh, e plus 22. No idea. That's that's an error message, isn't it? Nah, just keep moving. <laughs> I think the E means error. We couldn't handle a number that big. <laughs> All right. So oh. it's amazing that we can see something that far away. For the first time, for the first time ever, we're seeing an individual normal star, an individual normal star, not a supernova, not a gamma ray burst but a single stable star at a distance of 9 billion light years. The star is nicknamed Icarus after the Greek uh, mythological character who flew too near the sun. Oh. Bono writes about that in the song. Does he? Yeah. Appreciate that information. Sunlight Thank you. Melt okay. Our wings tonight. Normally, the star would be too faint to view, even with the world's biggest and most powerful telescopes, but through a quirk of nature that tremendously amplifies the star's feeble glow, Mm. astronomers using NASA's Hubble Space Telescope were able to pinpoint this faraway star and set a new distance record. So amazing. It's, It's at least 100 times farther away than the next individual star we can study, except for supernova explosions. The method that allowed the star to be spotted is called gravitational lensing, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you know this. I'm telling you anything you don't know already. Right. That, of course, is the bending of light. I I don't mean to insult your intelligence. Talk down to me some more, would you? Of course, is the bending of light by massive galaxy clusters in line of sight. In line of sight. I'm glad you threw that in there because a lot of people just yeah. stop with that definition. Right. And I appreciate you. And they might leave out the fact that the phenomenon can magnify the distant universe and make visible certain objects that are dim and far away. Okay, now you're just yeah, it's just me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a 
Astronomers say the imminent arrival of new, more powerful telescopes like James Webb Space Telescope will make it possible to study the evolution of the earliest stars in greater detail than ever expected. That's kind of cool. And as we discuss the cosmos and space, there is a uh, space blogger who has revealed the uh, uncovered evidence of extraterrestrial beings Mm. that are watching the International Space Station. Oh, good. Somebody's got to do that. They're placed all around it. And and, uh, do we have the... Got some pictures at the Blaze TV right we now. We have some pictures. Let's see those pictures. Space station. We got the aliens. The, the crash. There's, there's a station. Yeah, there's and there's one. And then they they point out all the yeah. different alien ships yeah. that are all around it. I mean, what else could it be, mm. Pat? Nothing. Thank you. It can't be any kind of phenomenon caused by Mm-mm. reflection or any of those things. It can only be aliens, yeah. which is proof positive they're about to reveal themselves to I us. I think it's just like somebody's eyelash got... Hung up on the camera lens, actually. Uh, look at all those. In there. Huh. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, points of light there, but uh, <laughs> what are they? I don't know. They're little blobs. Uh, but he says we're being watched and observed like a large planet-sized scale lab experiment. Nice. I'm of the opinion yeah. that the other races visiting our planet are not hostile. After all, with the technology they must employ to travel vast dis- distances, I'm sure they could wipe us out in the blink of an eye. Sure. The fact that we're still breathing on this beautiful planet means either they're here to help or observe. Hmm. That that part is, pro- I mean, if it, if they are aliens, I think that part is pretty true. Because can you imagine the technology it would be to travel the distances we're talking about here? 888-900-3393. If you'd like to move out of your neighborhood and to a distant place and you've got to sell your house in order to make that happen, let me tell you about... Mercury Real Estate and Real Estate Agents I Trust. As you probably heard, Glenn and Tanya went through a really bad experience with their house uh, years ago in Connecticut. They were trying to sell it. Took years. I think literally two, two and a half years to sell. Their realtor was a massive disappointment. They didn't get along well with them. And they just, they didn't want other people to have to experience that miserable time. So they put together a network of agents across the country. They could literally find a 1,200 of them who meet this criteria. They're selected based on their experience, what kind of marketing plan they have, what character they possess, and what results have they gotten for their clients in the past. And are they fans of the show? Do you also have that in common? Because if you do, you probably share the same principles and values. It's a great way to find a great agent you can trust to sell your home fast and for the most money. Or if you know you're looking to buy and you want to find the right deal and you want somebody who can really help, go to Real Estate Agents I Trust. We'll introduce you to the best agent in your town. Let our agents earn your business. Real Estate Agents I Trust.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Somebody did the math for us. 
on the most distant star mm. ever observed, which is nine no. billion light years away from our planet. Nine billion light years. So light travels six trillion miles in a year. In order to find out how many miles it is distant from us, you'd have to multiply uh, nine billion times six trillion. Yeah, which is, of course, as we all know, five point four zero 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 e plus twenty two. <clears throat> Not error, Pat. But what does something the else. e plus twenty two mean? Uh, I think somebody. Knows. Oh, okay. Exponent. All right, uh, Dave in Arizona knows. <laughs> You can, because usually hey. when you have a an, a calculator, uh-huh. it gives you that E message, and right. it is an error. All right, but, but that's not what this is, nah, Dave. Plus 22. No, yeah. So, I mean, it's been a while since I've used a calculator as well. Yeah. But uh, I do remember that the E is for exponents. So, yeah, if you add 22 zeros to the end of that, that's how far it is. Okay. So, zero? 5.4. How many zeros? 29 zeros. 29 right. zeros. That's a that's a distance. I I don't think we have a, a name for the, something that big. Not a right? day trip, I'll tell you that. No, it's you want to pack a lunch at least. Sure. Maybe a dinner and and then breakfast Overnight for bag? the next day. Yeah. Overnight bag. <laughs> uh were you so a what math is this star? Can we see this anywhere? Uh yeah, you can see it on the uh I think it was the Hubble that found it. Mm. Oh, okay. Um but you're not going to see it with your naked eye. Obviously. Well, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. What did they use? Uh, I'm trying to see here. Yeah, they did use yeah, NASA's Hubble uh, Hubble scope, telescope. So at, at Pat Unleashed, yeah. we'll be tweeting Thanks, out that. We'll link tweet it out right now because uh-huh. that's it, it's pretty cool. I would never have, and they said we we can't really see this far out, but there's some kind of phenomenon that made it possible. It's a hundred times farther away. Than the next farthest star we can see without a supernova. So it was some kind of special circumstance that allowed us to see it. Man, that's amazing. Just a clear night. The observed light from the newly discovered star was emitted when the universe... Get this. Oh boy, here we go. Oh yeah, here we go. Jeez. The observed light from the newly discovered star was emitted when the universe was only about 30% of its current age, about 4.4 billion years after the Big Bang. So that, I mean, it's like uh, the universe was a baby then. Yeah. Huh. I mean, just 4.4 billion years after the Big Bang. Well, we've got to start taking advantage of our in-house resource, Jeffy, and ask him about some of this stuff. You know, like, what did you Mm -hmm. see? What was it like? Kind of tell us, you know, describe what it looked like. (laughs) Because we have not tapped that resource. uh, No, he's coming in in a few minutes, so we'll we'll get that from him. (laughs) Okay. Good. Think of that. So you're literally looking at the very long distant past when you see the lights in the sky. It's it's kind of amazing to see. That's pretty cool. And to think about. That is cool. 4.4 billion years after the Big Bang. I mean, the universe still had zits at the time. That's how young it was. It was just, it was like 13 tops. So so it was after zits, (laughs) before I started borrowing the car. Yeah. Yeah. The universe didn't even know how to drive yet. For sure, they didn't have it. Didn't have its license. I know that. Uh, so that just gives you an idea. Mm-hmm. It was a while ago, but not pre-Jeffy, obviously. Triple eight nine hundred 
3393. Um, uh, Alex Jones has been hit with yet another lawsuit over his Parkland claims. Mm. Um, they've been slapped with a lawsuit from a guy who was wrongly accused of being identified as the killer in the Parkland massacre. And he didn't appreciate it. No? No. Mm-mm. On February 14th, employee Kit Daniels, also named as a defendant in the suit, published a blog titled, Reported Florida Shooter Dressed as Communist Supported ISIS. The blog featured a photograph of this guy who's doing the lawsuit, Fontaine, wearing a novelty red T-shirt depicting several prominent communist figures, uh, drinking and cutting loose at a communist party, including Karl Marx wearing a lampshade on his head. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. A communist party? Yeah. Did I get it? <laughs> oh, well, okay. Mm. No, I didn't actually. Yeah. I'm not that smart. Um, it's like, <clears throat> okay, forget it. I just, I'm trying to imagine a communist party. Like, I can't imagine mm-hmm. a, a party where it's, the theme is... Communism? A, a political party or what? I just... Okay. And you said the Karl Marx lampshade. This is good. This is yeah. going to be fun. So the image was captioned with shooter is a commie. The Infowars post at the center of the lawsuit has since been updated with a new headline that makes no mention of communism. Um, reported Florida shooter discussed Alahu Akbar on his Instagram profile is there instead. And the photo of Fontaine has been removed. So there's no editor's note, no mention of of a correction. Mm. Of course, the killer was not Fontaine, but uh, the Infowars readers loved believing that the shooter, the killer, the murderer was a communist. So they all shared the news and Fontaine became fairly famous among the, you know, conspiracy people as the killer at parkland i mean give it a moment because you said that this was a, a story that they published on the day of the shooting uh, february 14th they don't care they've I mean, got no shame just on that do just website. a just a it was on research on the day the shooting happened that is incredible that's incredible mm-hmm. okay Ugh. alex jones is uh He's a piece of work. <laughs> He's a piece He's of work. He's a piece of work, work, as we have realized in, you know, when he talks about things like and this. To feel what the children are feeling. Yeah. God almighty. Third gear. Folks, we gotta we gotta get good people to stand up against these people. People. Duh, duh. Fourth gear. Duh. Duh. Oh, fifth. Duh. Duh. <sighs> I probably shouldn't even have done this radio show today. Already did. Because I have this disgusted cover. Right. For how I just hate the globalists because globalist. more than that. More th- it's more than and that. And I, I just get mm. flippant and angry right. it's because deep down, folks, I can see what they're doing. And I, I've, we have a responsibility Sheep. to stop these globalists. Stop them. Globalists. Where are the men in this country? Where, Where are, are the, the men? men in this world? What the hell have we become? Have we, become our world? we just.
just Bad. offer our children up to the system with the fluoride, fluoride the water, and the GMO water, hurting GMO, them, and we let fat perverts, fat perverts grab them at the airport to the train them for the pedophile government. government. Uh, and we've just got such a sick society. Oh. Good gear shifting you got going on there, Alex. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that on the air? I'm so flippant today. Uh, I mean, should have even done the show. Glenn, when he would get choked up about the country sure. and the Constitution and the founders and what it meant to him, uh huh, and maybe get a little emotional. Would he change gears when he cried? No. No. Not once. <laughs> Not once. And we mocked him for the way he did get emotional. But that? Wow. That is something else. And then, you know, you're also lying about people, just making crap up about people. And lately, I think because of the fact that he's in with the president and the president likes him and he likes the president and they talk back and forth and it's raised his profile. (laughs) So now people are... They're getting they're launching these lawsuits against him when he gets things wrong like that. Clearly, unabashedly, flat out lies <laughs> about people are just you're not you're not gonna survive. Yeah, if they're you getting noticed now. Now it's noticed. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also have Jeffy coming up in a few minutes. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. Uh, we found one of the men. Oh, we've been looking for the men, wondering where are the men? Mm. Where are the men in this country? Right here. Right there. Right, right there. Here you time, go. time for chewing the fat with one of these men. I mean, I'm, uh, Jeffy. I'm all for the GMOs. <laughs> are you? Oh, yeah, but you're not for the fat perverts who kidnap children for the pedophile government uh, in the look airport. Look who you're talking to. Right? No. no? Okay. Thank you. Oh, by the way, we were supposed uh, to ask him about the, uh, about the mm-hmm. star. From uh, billions of trillions of years ago. Oh, yeah. What was that like again? When the star. You were probably there, right? Yeah, the star did its thing. Because this star that we just observed, the light from it mm-hmm. was emitted uh, 4.4 billion 5. 4. years. 5.4. It was 4.4 billion years after the Big Bang. So. I was just a baby. Yeah, we, yeah, you were just. How old were you then? Yeah, it was in your seventies. Started, yeah. Right? Listen, we don't, look. I don't even recall. We we didn't think about the stars back then. We were just trying to feed ourselves. Like that. Wait a minute. We were just trying to feed ourselves. It's all. It wasn't like a big thing. community event. Uh, yeah, no, it was on. not. No. Jeffy's no, like not. the uh, Barry Manilow song that starts out. I've been alive forever. <laughs> that's that's you. Barry right? Manilow. He pulls yeah. out. Pulled it right out. Been alive forever. What is that stupid song anyway? I write the songs. I write the songs. Yeah. yeah. People Holy used cow. to say, that guy is so arrogant. What do you mean? You are, you write the song. You didn't write all the songs. He's talking about music. Oh, he is, that's why he says, I am music, and I write the songs. Stop it. Music. It's about music. 
Graham Antlow. He's one of my brush with greatness on the streets of New York at one time. Mm, he Graham was, Antlow, I love him. It, it was the day he went into the to the uh, ABC yeah, Good Morning America, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they were right down the street from yeah. us. And so sometimes you could catch a glimpse. Yeah. And say hello to <laughs> He him walked right by Barry, us. Barry, yeah. Yeah. It was good stuff. Uh-huh. It was yeah. good stuff. Anyway, just another... New York City brush with greatness another on the streets. One. Yeah, hey, uh, new one. talking Walking Dead up for you to down. Just go to uh, go to my Blaze channel. Go to the Blaze dot com uh, Jeffy channel. Download uh, new talking Walking Dead uh, episode fourteen two left for season eight. Two wow. more shows left. Was uh, last it was, weekend? It was good? good. It was good. It was there. There was a few things uh, that are out of the field, a little out of place, but <laughs> hopefully we'll wrap them up in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> okay, dead people just walking around. Weird. I mean. Mm-hmm. How out of place can this stuff be? Is your son liking it still? Oh, yes. Because he's he's like the comic book aficionado, yes, right? Yes, he is. He's yes, been on he this is. for he's a long time. And, and they are starting to really break away from the comic books, which uh, we... The story is different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so which we kind of think that uh, maybe we kind of contemplated a little bit this week on the podcast that uh, perhaps maybe that's what they're looking forward to, is really trying to break away from the comic books so that... It's not so predictable. predictable. Yeah. And they'll also be able yeah. to come out with more comic books and sell some more comic books as they gain. Uh, it's a smart way to go, really. Dead fans. Yeah. When you think of it yeah. that way. Yeah. Is so it anyway. still doing well audience wise? Yeah. I, I haven't been, seen... It's been, it's been uh, you know, for them, it's been eh. Really? But they're still, you know, between 8 and 14 million. Which is a lot. That's a lot yeah. of people on A and E. A and E is that what it is? AMC. AMC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I mean, for them, you know, they were used to the you know the Roseanne numbers, eighteen million, mm-hmm. you know, seventeen for a while. million, sixteen million. Yeah. You know, the Roseanne numbers were just recalculated too. I know. I saw uh, that twenty-five million viewers, which is unheard oh. of now. It's unheard of now. Oh. But that's because of the the DVR, the yeah. the time shifting. Uh, and I was, you know, I was one of those. That mm-hmm. uh, you know, recording watched and watched it, it within the first three within the first three days. Mm-hmm. They count that as the time shifting numbers, but I mean that's huge. It's a lot. They added six point six million people uh, to their numbers. That. Yeah, so that's impressive. That sure is. Yeah, that sure is. And so you know, I mean, episode number mm-hmm. three, second night is tonight. So we'll see how it holds up. Oh, Tuesday night. So All right, we'll see how it holds up for Roseanne. I'm not. Uh, I don't know if it'll be that big. We'll see. I know. It's I getting mean, a lot of press because it sure is. You know, it's supposedly pro-Trump. I, I was just reading an it's article, not, and it's it's kind of not. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I mean, she supposedly is a Trump supporter, but you remember that exchange between her and her sister when yeah, uh, she, the, the sister said, "How can you be for him when everything's so bad right now?" And she yeah. said, "Hey, we were about to lose our house, yeah. and 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 she said, yeah, and things are worse now." And she said. Not in the real Not news. Not in the real news. Well, mm. that's kind of a slam, too. I mean, that's just saying that you don't really have a comeback for things are worse now. You can't give a real answer to that. They didn't, anyway. So it, Trump didn't look good in that. She just kind of blew it off. Well, and and she, they, you know, they did a pretty good job of making uh, uh, Hillary sound bad. And then she ended up, the sister ended up voting for Stein because... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. You know, Roseanne had her talked into uh, uh, not voting for Hillary, and she hated Trump, right? So she voted mm-hmm. for Stein was, the, was mm-hmm. the outcome of that. But let's not forget, you know, we talked last week a little bit about families breaking up and stuff. You know, the deal if, with Roseanne was that she hadn't talked to her sister since the election. And wait a minute. Oh, really? You know, that was, it was her, mm. it was her, 
daughter mm-hmm. who brought the aunt back into their lives because they weren't speaking oh, wow. since the election. So, I mean, they were playing off that of families in America, too, mm-hmm. that were just, I can't talk to you. We're not, we're not Question. the same. Question. Don't they still live in Illinois? Uh, they live in, uh, what's the heck is the town? Yeah, Whatever it was, yeah. yeah. It's Illinois. Yeah. It's a move point. Illinois or... Hillary took it. Whatever. So. I can't think of the name of the town, now. Especially with a rock or something, right? Rock something? Whatever. Shoot, yeah, it's the same town, though. It's okay. the same town. So who cares? Yeah. They went to Hillary. Illinois went to mm-hmm. Hillary. Move on. I mean, <laughs> stop fighting. She's going to win it regardless. Sad news or, or good news, depending on how you look at it. But uh, after nine years, I mean, Pat. I know mm-hmm. that you were looking forward to Channing Tatum and Jenna Dewan Tatum lasting forever, mm. but uh, they broke up after mm. nine years. They're getting a divorce. Oh, Lanford, no. so, Lanford uh, Illinois. I mean, they're Lanford, Illinois. Sorry. Right, Lanford. There we Thank go. you. Had to, had to find and uh, I know that uh, they've been together for nine years. So, you know, I mean, if you were if you were thinking that it was going to yeah, last that... longer than nine years, it's big Hollywood news that they've broken up. Yeah. Mm. I do love the, uh, they posted on their own little, uh, on their own uh, Insta worlds. That, uh, look, we've lovingly chosen to separate as a couple. Wait, you've lovingly chosen now, to separate? Lo- yes, you'll love this. This is one of my okay. All right. We fell in love. We fell deeply in love so many years ago and have had a magical journey together. Absolutely nothing has changed about how much we love one another. Wait. But you love each other so much you just can't, can't be together. Be together. I, mean, I love you so much but I'd rather do that girl over there free. than you right now. I'll tell you that cuz I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm sick of hearing you. Typical Hollywood bullshit. It crap. sure is. I don't know but 9 years is like an eternity there. So It's an eternity in today's world. Mm-hmm. I mean, whew, 9 years, man. Oh, time. I mean, that's the Chris Rock special, right? I mean, it, I, I'm a pretty, pretty big guy for you, so you probably haven't watched it on Netflix yet, Pat. But uh, he talks about uh, how he and his wife were together for 16 years, I think. And he was, uh, and uh, how uh, that translates into like 60 years in today's time mm-hmm. because of uh, the way we communicate, where you can't leave the house without a texting and Facebooking and Instagramming. You know, he talked about his father and mother. My dad would get up and kiss us goodbye at 8 o'clock in the morning. He wouldn't come home till 8 o'clock at night. They didn't talk between that time. <laughs> they were happy to see each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love this statement. Uh, you read a little bit of it, uh, but they put up on the... Oh, from Channing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put up on the website. Yeah. Hey, world, so we have something we'd like to share. First off, <laughs> it feels odd we have to share this kind of thing with everyone, but it's a consequence of the lives we've chosen to lead, sure. which happen to be we're happen to be deeply grateful for. We're living in an incredible moment in time but it's also a time where truth can easily get distorted into alternative facts right so we want to share the truth so you know that if you didn't read it here that it's most certainly fiction we have lovingly chosen to separate as a couple we fell deeply in love so many years ago and have had a magical journey together so magical we just can't stand one another anymore except we very much love each other that's not really there. No. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely is, nothing though. has changed about how much we love one another. But love is a beautiful adventure that is taking us on different, different paths. paths right now. See, right now, what? That's, that's called that's called we fell in love on a movie set. 
We've lasted nine years. Now we fell in love with somebody else on another movie set. Have a nice day. There are, there's no secrets nor salacious events at the root of our decision. Just that means there is. Two best friends realizing it's time to take some space and help each other live the most joyous, fulfilled lives as possible. Oh, that's filler material there. Continue. Wow. <laughs> uh, we're still a family and will always right. be loving, dedicated parents to Everly. Cannot take that away. We won't be commenting beyond this. And we thank you all in advance for respecting our family's privacy, sending lots of love to everyone, Chan and Jenna. That's beautiful. That is, isn't it? What a beautiful separation announcement. Jeez. We're we're still so in love. We just don't want to be together anymore. So good. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Wow. I love it. That's Hollywood, man. Yep. That sure is. That is Hollywood. And it's putting on a good face for the kid, too. So Yeah. You know, whether they, who knows, maybe, you know, behind the scenes they were throwing irons at each other. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But, uh, you know, so if you were, if you thought you had a shot (laughs) with either Channing or uh, the wife, uh, Jenna, Jenna, Mm -hmm. now's your time. She's an actress, right? Make your move. Yeah. Yeah. Make your move. Make your move. Now's the time. (laughs) Make the call. (laughs) Jenna, what up? (laughs) Mm. Do an Instagram story, send it to her. She might hit you up back. Maybe. Never know. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about the, the couple in uh, Missouri is fighting some of uh, the turf war that uh, kind of is amazing to me. Uh, they decided to turn their entire yard into a flower garden. Uh, now, the, the, this is kind of misleading. It turns out there was a city ordinance uh, against that that says uh, half of the yards uh, must be grass. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen until 2008. Okay. Because... The couple, the Duffners, bought their home in 2002 and began landscaping that included planted beds, two small ponds, pathways, seating areas, and the St. Peter's Board of Aldermen, that's the city they live in uh, just outside of St. Louis, adopted the turf ordinance in 2008, saying that half the yard needed to be grass. Now, at some point between that time and now, some identify, unidentified, some weasel in the neighborhood complained. Uh, they were asked for an exemption, denied. Uh, they can be imposed these huge fines and even imprisonment, really, if they don't go through this. So they went to court. Uh, the Missouri Court of Appeals, got, they got kind of a mixed uh, mixed ruling from them. So they took it to uh, U.S. District Judge John Ross. Uh, John Ross ruled e- the Duffners have failed to identify a fundamental right that is restricted by the turf grass ordinance. So they failed to identify that fundamental right. So they failed to demonstrate it that the penalties for violating the turf ordinance are excessive and contrary to the Eighth Amendment. So mm. they've got to do it. They've got to put the grass in. Now their the attorney, their attorney says, "We're fighting that. We're moving on. We're going on because it was so strange that." Uh, um, they that they can't the supreme court has held that aesthetic considerations constitute a legitimate government purpose hmm. so after all that though the thing that gets me the worst is that sh- the only reason that they did this is because the wife is allergic to grass wow i mean we plus just they were there before the the ordinance the regulation yeah 
I mean, that should be enough right there. It sure should. You can't retroactively bring people into that agreement. At least they did, though, in the city. they did. Here we go. It doesn't matter. You're part of the city, and we've made it okay. That's the deal. That's the new look now. That's unbelievable. So, Hmm. I mean, I hope that they win that uh, as we carry on. That's for sure. Uh, It'd be nice to know. This is kind of a, uh, you know, I just want you to know this is kind of a, I want to help people out here. That's That's what we do here. Jeffy Tips. That's what we do here. If you will. If you have at any time lost weight and still have a belly, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you, uh, I mean, you should get it checked. Because uh, in December, a man in uh, New Jersey, Kevin Daly, um, he lost 34 pounds but still had a pot belly. Oh, boy. Oh. He finally convicted the doc, uh, convinced well, the doc to do a Well, if you're 200 pounds scan. overweight and you lose 34 pounds, you'll still have a pot belly. I've got some stuff to work right? on. Right. But this guy wasn't, you know, like hundreds of pounds overweight. Wow. Or, oh, I mean, could you care for the man just a little bit? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I could. I'm just trying it to sound like he's trying to understand. Him. I'm trying I mean, to he understand. He still has his pot belly, and he was concerned after he lost weight. That's okay. what you need to know. All right. Perhaps he had more weight to lose. Maybe that's the question. Well, he had a tumor to lose. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. That's what he had to lose. You want to laugh now, Mr. <laughs> Funny Man? No. Mr. Oh, maybe, no, maybe, I don't. maybe you need to lose some more weight, fat man. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just asking questions here. Try to get to the bottom of it for this guy. So he so had the a tumor doc, in yeah, there. Yeah, they had a tumor in there. 34-pound tumor. Nasty. Wrapped around his liver. It looks good. No, it don't look. look. If you're looks, eating lunch, don't look at Blaze yeah, TV look, if you're eating it lunch. It looks really good. Switch it to Blaze Radio. It looks so good from uh, uh, Apparently, Daly we don't have the Jersey. picture, or oh. they think we're the tumor. Which is it? Oh, it's oh, not a tumor. Oh, there it is. It is a tumor. Ugh. Oh, that was sick. I mean, right? that doctor is getting a hernia lifting that thing for the camera, too. Come on. Oh, Oof. my gosh. Nasty. Was that cancerous? This, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was nasty. It takes uh, took, you know, a bunch of years to grow that oh big. Oh, my And it, because gosh. it's this... Uh, and that didn't kill him? A be, tumor that because size? Because it's this fatty cell wow. cancerous. Uh, it, when you take just uh, uh, any kind of x-rays or whatever, it just looks like it's oh. fatty cells. Ugh. Wow. Without That's... the CAT scan, without talking the doc into the CAT scan and going, you know, digging in. Mm-hmm. No wow. more. That's nasty. That sure is. That sure is. Another weird thing in uh, uh, Russia. I'm not sure that what would happen here in the States, um, but uh, there was a, a town that uh, had toxic gas spilled <laughs> and uh, about like 57 kids breathed in this toxic gas air. And so the uh, mm. Russian governor... Uh, was speaking to a crowd uh, in front of live television. And this youngster, this little girl, Tanya Lazova, 10, uh, comes through the crowd, and you'll see what she does. Uh, It's weird (laughs) that they have her face blurred out, too, because they tell you her name and how old she is. Um, But she comes through the crowd while this governor is speaking and does some gestures that are like, wow, what are you (laughs) doing to this guy? Okay, here she comes through the crowd now. And she looks up right at the governor. The governor talking. She starts pointing at him. But she's shooting a gun, slitting her throat. Points at him again, slits her throat. Points at him. I mean, I don't know. So that is a daughter who has been watching her dad watch the local news. You aren't kidding. You aren't kidding. <laughs> that and might social, be a problem in Russia. Social media loved her. They said uh-huh. there's finally there's a, there's a youngster that gets it more than most people. Uh, I, I don't know that we can say that she's still alive today. Uh, that happened last week. Mm-hmm. So she may or uh, 
may not be still alive. I, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> guessing that it's possible that she uh, something could have happened. Could have. Something yeah. could have happened. All right. So uh, yesterday we did a couple of April Fool uh, stories that I found fascinating, and uh, I want to do two more, and then we'll be done with April Fools because it is, you know. Not April Fools anymore, but I did love the the April Fools stories. Sure. Um, two of my favorites. Uh, one uh, was the Welsh dragon successfully hatched at Bangor University, mm. and they give you the whole story about the Welsh dragon. He looks so cool. I want one so bad. I want one of these dragons so bad. Oh, cool! Is that cool or yeah, what? Totally real, dragon. right? Look at totally it breathing real. smoke. And then they give you the uh, how it was a uh, how it was uh, processed because uh, <laughs> they they processed it almost like the Jurassic Park. Um, oh, dinosaurs. That is cool, though. That's a that good looks trick. really real. It sure does. I wish, it would be so cool to have one of those Welsh dragons like that. Now, of course, it's uh, <clears throat> obviously not real. And I told you about the Lexus commercial, and uh, I wanted you to see the commercial because I actually want this to happen. The <laughs> genetics uh, automobile from Lexus, brand new. Okay. I want this to happen so that I can get myself a genetic Lexus made specifically. Genetic. For me. You. There are billions of you. But there is only one. You. So what if selecting your next vehicle focused on what truly matters? You. Introducing Genetic Select by Lexus. The world's first service that uses human genetics to match you with the car of your genes. Look at this. All you gotta do is... Through a partnership with 23andMe... Using their proprietary DNA genotyping, into the DNA, one small saliva sample will unlock your DNA. Okay, well maybe a little bit. Telling us where you're from, where you're going. She's spitting into the And now, how bit. you're going to get there? Within 48 hours, there your handcrafted Lexus will be delivered to your driveway. <laughs> Look at that! Based on your chromosomes, everything from the model, styling, and performance capabilities. Will be crafted exclusively for you. Inspired by your favorite scent, a genetically personalized new car smell. If your DNA markers reveal a susceptibility to freckling, protective UV tinting. (laughs) Even an enhanced windshield matched to your personal prescription. Genetically predisposed to high caffeine consumption, enlarged cup holders. (laughs) And best of all, operating your vehicle. The perfect driving experience so is good. in our DNA. I want because that. it's also yeah. in yours. That is well done. Experience really well done. I want at the genetic that. level. Really well done. Experience awesome. amazing. Now I want one. Exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you. you imagine what that would cost? A couple bucks. Yeah. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh let me tell you about Brickhouse Nutrition. Field of Greens. This is a tremendous product. I I, I love this stuff. Put it into a take a scoop and put it into a smoothie I drink every every morning. Just one scoop in eight ounces of water, your favorite drink, smoothie, shake, whatever it is, and you'll get a full serving of organic fruits and vegetables that are pre and probiotic. They boost your immunity. Uh, they have ax antioxidant power, and it's not extracted from anything. It's actual real food. It's Brickhouse Nutrition's Field of Greens. If if you're like me and you don't you just don't like vegetables, this is the way to get them into your body. Just go to BrickHousePat.com, try Field of Greens today, get 10% off a month's supply when you use the offer code PAT. BrickHousePat.com, that's BrickHousePat.com. 
This is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. returns on the blaze radio network the announcement from the president today uh is fascinating and i don't know another president who's done this since i don't know eisenhower (laughs) he said today that the u.s military will be used to guard the u.s mexico border Mm -hmm. quoting we're going to be guarding our border with our military that's a big step (laughs) it sure is we uh, we cannot have. I uh, just updated the site. Well, well, well he said we cannot have people flowing into our country illegally, disappearing, and by the way, never showing up for court. Mm-hmm. President's comments appear to take aim at current U.S. policy, with which requires border agents to catch then released family units who arrive at the border. It, it doesn't make any sense, and nobody, again, nobody else does this. He also said he had spoken with Secretary of Defense James Mattis about the use of the military to guard the border. Now you're going to get people screaming, Posse Comitatus! Posse Comitatus! Can't be used in a domestic! You can't use the military against the citizens! Yeah, it's not being used against us. It's yeah. being used to protect the border. And he which said you can fully do. The military would be in place until the wall was built. Oh, That's okay. awesome. I mean, there's a great move. <laughs> Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888 and at Pat Unleashed. Hashtag put that in your pipe. From ex-cop Benghazi, I believe this caravan happens every year. Hmm, I don't remember that. This big? Um, I believe it With happens. demands like this? If you've seen the numbers of illegal immigrants uh, coming across in the past uh, four or five decades, I believe this caravan happens, well, every hour, actually. <laughs> it does seem like it. <laughs> Alexander Riddle says, I wonder how many can- Canadians we can convince to walk across the U.S. all the way into Mexico. Uh, Benyon Hillmayer, Q10. <laughs> Think of our planet as a giant movie screen. The aliens are all pulling up to Earth to watch the hilarity ensue. <laughs> Some of them already missed the first act, I think. Putting on quite a show for him, though. <laughs> yeah. Trav Watkins said, did Jeffy ever eat a T-Rex? And if so, how did oh, it yeah. taste? We should have asked we him that. We need to ask him that. <laughs> I guess it was like chicken, but I want comp- confirmation. <laughs> uh, Caitlin Enjoy89, billions of years later, Jeffy is still doing the same thing, mm. just trying to feed himself. <laughs> He did say that. We're still just trying true. to feed ourselves. Yep. And still going strong in that so department. So true. <laughs> uh, no matter what the caravan or how often the caravan happens, uh, it's going on right now. And we actually have a president who seems to be concerned about it. Mm-hmm. Unlike uh, presidents in the past, Obama, even to a large extent Bush, 
uh, he, he did very little to shore up the border. Except he did, however, uh, have a couple of border agents put on trial and um, uh, made sure that that political prosecution continued. I'm still upset about that. Wow. Me too. That, that was horrific. That was just insanity. Uh, but the president said we're taking some steps, and uh, here's what he said about the military on the border. I told Mexico, and I respect what they did, I said, look, your laws are very powerful. Your laws are very strong. Mm-hmm. We have very bad laws for our border, and we are going to be doing some things. I've been speaking with General Mattis. We're going to be doing things militarily. Mm-hmm. Until we can have a wall and proper security, we're going to be guarding our border with the military. That's a big step. We yeah. really haven't done that before, or certainly not very much before. Well, we've done it before, but it's been a long time. I think I think Eisenhower was the last time this happened. You just, until Donald Trump, you just didn't even consider that. That was a step that was way too far. We we don't go down that road. Yeah, we don't protect uh, you know the most precious nation to ever exist in the world. No. Well, why would you? Mm-mm, no. <laughs> Why would you ensure that you know who's coming into the nation? You don't want to do that. You just want to open your borders and say, "Olly, olly, all come free." Sure, it's yeah, like just a, come on in. It's like a storm, storm raging outside. Mm-hmm. You, you, what do you do? You open up all the windows. Mm-hmm. You throw open all the doors. That's what you and do. You just let all the rain pour in. That's what you do. Well, what do you do at your home when when it's night? Yeah, and uh, it's really dark, right. and you're hearing weird noises outside. Yep, you. Unlock your doors and open them wide. Yeah, and, what and ups- say, just come on in. What upsets me is you got the screen door, mm-hmm. and I try to prop it open yeah. just to let everybody know we're wide open, mm-hmm. and then I wake up in the morning, and the thing has closed itself, and I'm like, oh, oh no, I everybody like was that. turned away. Well, then people Stupid wouldn't door. feel welcome right. if the doors aren't wide open. Dumb door. They don't feel welcome. Uh, so, <laughs> I- I'm kind of amazed. Uh-huh. I'm a little dumbstruck by the announcement. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Now we'll see. Does does it actually happen? Is the follow through going to be there, or is that just something he said? I hope the follow through it is it through is there. Yeah. And until we build the wall, yeah, we got the military there. That would make quite a statement. And you know what else this will do? This will wake up the slumbering um, right wing base. Mm-hmm. that um, for the last six months or so is um, so tired of winning that they're not even bothering going to the polls, apparently. So this might mm-hmm. this might uh, wake them up because that is the one thing. If you'll recall, leading up to 2016, what is the one thing this president could do that would you know turn you off? It's not scandal. It's not Russia. It's nothing like that. It's if he doesn't build this wall, if he doesn't protect the border, then that's when we bail. Um, and so here is a clear indication, especially if the troops you start seeing get on the move. My goodness, that would, um, mm-hmm. I think that would wake up a lot of voters in November. I hope so. Something's got to happen to to wake up the American people to the sad state we're in. Because uh, things are, in, they're not perfect. Just uh, well to coin said. a phrase from, well, the guy's not perfect. Yeah. Okay. Things in America aren't perfect. <laughs> it's like that. It, you know, there there's a step between perfection and uh, total chaos. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like with a president, there's a step between perfection and, you know, total chaos in his life. 
and throwing all morality out the window. There's some steps there in between. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could stop at one of those. I don't know. But this is a great move, and it's the best move he's done in a while. After that spending bill that he signed into law, uh, it was pretty disgusted. And it's, it's hard to stay positive when, he's keep, when he does things like that. But to, to announce, we're going to put troops at the border? That's huge. Mm. Now you're going to, but you're also going to get people from the right who scream about posse comitatas. U.S. troops can't be used against American citizens. No, that's true. We're not. But uh, we're not using them against citizens. We're using them against people trying to enter our country illegally who are not citizens. I think the trick is the private property along the border. And you know, speaking of posse comitatus and nobody screaming about it uh, during a time when American troops were pitted against American citizens, need I remind you one more time about this? In New Orleans, 2005, let's take a little trip back in time. ABC News special report uh, on what happened following Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. That includes New Orleans, where today authorities stepped up their efforts to empty the city. Bob Woodruff is there again tonight with an extraordinary human drama unfolding. Bob? That's true, Elizabeth, and good evening from New Orleans. Here, the police and the National Guard find themselves in a very difficult position tonight to try to carry out an order to force people from the city without actually using force. Huh. How do you force without force? Today in New Orleans, they got a lot tougher on the holdouts. Police department, Not only the flooded areas, but New Orleans' driest and wealthiest neighborhoods, too. Huh. Weird. Police department! The police and National Guard going street by street. Wait, the U.S. military was in on this? Posse We need to make sure, too, that uh, whenever we knock on doors, people refuse to leave. We need to make note, call it in. They say there are no orders to use force, just strong persuasion. Sometimes entering open houses hmm. with guns drawn. Oh, okay. Instructions to disarm anyone inside. Disarm them. You said guns, guns will be taken. No one will be able to be armed. We yes, will sir. take all yes, weapons. Sir. No one can that be armed. That happened today in this wealthy neighborhood where homeowners had armed themselves to protect their mansions. <laughs> Residents were handcuffed on the ground. In the end, police took their weapons but let them stay in their homes. They were a little bit threatened because our weapons were bigger than their weapons. For many of the police and guard troops, it is an uncomfortable job to do this in an American city. Uh, it's more this than guard unit occupied a church, it's using illegal. it as a base camp. Wait, they had to leave a, a note because they could not get hold of the pastor to get permission. It is. It is surreal. Huh. Yeah, you just never, you never expect to do this in your own country. Chris Montgomery says he'd rather be in Iraq than patrolling American neighborhoods. Walking up and down these streets, you don't you don't want to think about the stuff that you're going to have to do. Somebody pops around the corner. Yeah. Let me shoot an American. Yeah. Hmm. That sounds like a, that sounds like American troops being pitted against American citizens, doesn't it? Huh. Or is it just me? Well, there's so much wrong with what happened in 2005 in New Orleans. So much. Obviously, the Second Amendment just being set on fire there, to, uh, confiscating guns from Americans. Then you had the Third Amendment, quartering soldiers, which they did without permission, quartered them in a church that, that wasn't theirs, took refuge there. So the Second and Third set on fire. Uh, 
you know, probable cause set on fire, <laughs> due process set on fire, and posse comitatus, which is uh, U.S. law as well. So uh, there's a lot going on there, and nobody really even talked about it. I mean, until we played that, when was that? A couple, maybe it's a couple months ago now mm-hmm. that we somebody brought it up and and we brought it back for the first time in you know 12 years or whatever it is um i hadn't even thought of that i i hadn't remembered that and nobody has talked about that those are huge violations of the u.s constitution and u.s law completely ignored nobody pays attention to that And, and nobody seems to care over the last 13 years, that that happened in the United States of America. But now with uh, with this Mexican caravan, maybe this turns out to be a good thing because maybe it fires us back up. Hey, look, no, we're not just going to put up with whatever you want to do. Uh, first of all, what's going on in Honduras? I'm not even aware of the Honduran situation that requires asylum. I could think maybe Venezuela. I could understand that. Mm. You can understand Cuba when people are being imprisoned in a communist government. But what's going on in Honduras? Maybe there is something, and I just don't know about it. But, you know, we don't have to grant asylum. You can't just demand it from a a thousand people just march into our country and just demand things. When did that become a thing? Well, it's become a thing for a lot of illegal aliens. They've been demanding things for a long time. They they march in the streets. They have protests. They have the media behind them. They have the whole Democrat Party behind them. And and that did not that wasn't the case in the past. In the nineties and the early two thousands, Democrats were still against illegal immigration, and now they wholeheartedly embrace it. 888-933-93. Let me tell you about uh, Riduzone. It's a great supplement to help you with your with your diet plan. Diet and exercise are the basic formula for weight loss. Riduzone, though, is a safe, natural, FDA-acknowledged dietary supplement that helps you with all of this. Riduzone was launched by a local company. They took the good stuff into olive oil, and they created a patented product containing OEA that's been shown to boost your metabolism and reduce your appetite. So you don't go through the whole day craving food. It's all you can think about. Plus, Riduzone also helps you burn fat. So with the proper nutrition and a little bit of exercise, Riduzone can help you lose the weight and maybe even tougher, help you keep it off. If you don't want to think about food all day, if you'd like an extra boost in your plan to become healthier, visit Riduzone.com, enter the promo code PAT, and you'll get 30% off a three-month supply. Really good deal. It's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Riduzone.com. Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat 
Gray Unleashed. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Don't. Uh, <laughs> it is Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, let me talk about Japanese workers yeah. being emailed schedules, telling them when they can get pregnant. Excuse me. Yeah, they, uh, <clears throat> one of them was told she had to wait until she's thirty five before she has kids. Excuse me. Japanese workers are being given schedules dictating when they can get married or give birth. By bosses or by the government, the disturbing trend first came to light after a nursery worker's husband spoke out to say his wife was being bullied by her boss for getting mm-hmm. pregnant out of turn. <laughs> okay. what the? Since then, dozens of other women have come forward to share similar stories with a 26-year-old woman saying she was told to wait until 35 to conceive, despite already suffering from fertility issues. Japanese workers have revealed they're being emailed schedules which dictate when they can get married or when they can get pregnant and are branded selfish for having children out of turn. (laughs) What? Okay, nice. Wait a minute. In a country that needs every birth they can get. Yeah, that's for sure. That country is about to fade away. The initial complaint came in a letter to a newspaper last month from the husband of a woman who works at a nursery. He wrote, eight months into our marriage, in January of this year, we found out that my wife was pregnant. My wife, who's a child care provider, appeared glum and anxious over the news. The director at the child care center where she works had determined the order in which workers could get married or pregnant. And apparently there was an unspoken rule that one must not take their turn before a senior staff member does. Oh, My wife and I went together. To apologize. Uh, no, no, what? We're, we're sorry we got pregnant. <laughs> that is unbelievable. The director grudgingly accepted our apology, but since the next day has been chiding my wife with harsh words such as, How could you so selfishly break the rules? What in the world? Uh, in America, yeah. that would be. A big enough lawsuit to where that woman would own the company. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you can have as many kids as you want because you'll be able to afford all of them. Wow. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now, on the other spectrum, on the on the other side of the ledger mm-hmm. in Japan mm-hmm. is a Japanese worker at the airport mm-hmm. who was filmed cleaning the luggage uh, on the belt. You know, it comes, comes oh, out of wow. the little carousel. Before passengers picked it up. Oh, look at that. She's wiping off all the all the luggage. That's sweet. Look at that. I mean, you don't get service like that. <laughs> no, you don't. Anywhere. And the article, in fact, in the headline says, unlike UK ground crews who've been <laughs> caught carelessly lobbing suitcases around. <coughs> Same is true here in the United sure. States, by yeah. the way. That's that's uh, that's a nice little story. All right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. You're gonna get that from uh from JetBlue, I'll tell you. Oof. I haven't flown JetBlue in a while because in Dallas. Oh, no. I'm sorry. You know who screws me over is Spirit. Spirit is the one. Oh, Jet Spirit. JetBlue I can handle. It's sucks. Spirit. It's just like. Spirit is not a is real this, airline. Is there a hidden camera here? I know. What, what is happening? That's not a real airline. No. <laughs> That's a real scam. Like, like, seriously, if your luggage doesn't fit in the seat back pocket in front of you, mm-hmm. they're going to charge you. Spirit is a bus with wings. 
That's not about even, what it is. Not, not even, even that nice, probably. Like, I'd rather take Greyhound across the country uh-huh. at this point than Spirit. <laughs> also, the German army is rolling out a line of maternity uniforms. I'm sorry? Or, <laughs> army maternity uniforms for pregnant troops. And they plan to buy 500 sets of them for 650,000 euros, which is what? $750,000? Okay. So, uh... They actually have some photos. Oh, look no, at that. There you go. You got a little, yeah, a little pregnant uh, troop there yeah, in that's, uh, Britain. That's wonderful. Interesting. Yeah, uh, are, are pregnant women going to be on the front lines too? Is that <laughs> we could have? Because that would be a good idea, I right? Mean, they'll look dapper. Uh, they'll be in their new uniforms that are specifically maternity uniforms, so they should be able to be agile enough. Sure. To be on the front lines, right? <laughs> Send them to war. Wow. That wouldn't surprise me if pregnant women are even sent to the front in this weird world we're in. You know, <laughs> it's, I guess, sexist and horrible yeah. to think that women shouldn't be in combat. Uh, so I guess if women can be in combat, pregnant women can be in combat, right? Couldn't they? <sighs> yeah, because we don't know what they're pregnant with. I mean, you could be exposing a, a broccoli stalk to the front lines for all we know. So uh, it's just, um, yeah, you know, you want to stick up for women, but uh, mm-hmm. if you do, you're a chauvinist. If, if you don't, then it's a Me Too moment. So I don't know anymore. <laughs> it's just win. like whatever. Just white, white people and males <laughs> just can't win anymore. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah, there's, there's no way to, to get out of that. I'm not allowed to care either way. No way around it. And in other world news, mm. uh, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. Mm. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia says Israel has a right to its land. Whoa, repeat that. That was a false. That's fake news. He's the first Arab leader to ever make the acknowledgement that Israel has a right to its land. Because the, you know, the theory, the belief among the Arab nations and the Palestinians is that Israel has no right to exist. But the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia made this statement. Saudi Arabia and Israel still don't have any formal diplomatic relations, but behind the scenes, apparently there's some improvements in their ties, and it's accelerating now. In an interview while on a trip to the United States, I think this is the same trip where he rented the entire hotel, the Four Seasons Hotel in Beverly Hills, (laughs) Prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman also compares the Iranian Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei to Adolf Hitler. This guy is really something. Um, Saudi Arabia and Iran have really become mortal enemies. In the interview, he recognizes the right of the Jewish people to have a nation state of their own next to a Palestinian state. That's a right, again, nobody else in the Arab world has ever acknowledged. Prince was asked by Jeffrey Goldberg... Whether the Jewish people have a right to a nation state, he said, I believe that each people anywhere have a right to live in their peaceful nation. I believe the Palestinians and the Israelis have the right to have their own land. But we have to have a peace agreement to assure the stability for everyone and to have normal relations. 
sadly, even as that's going on, you've got the border clash that's happening with the Israelis and the Palestinians, and Israel Israeli troops defending themselves from Molotov cocktails and rocks have actually fired back on on some of the protesters, and there have been some deaths, like a dozen or more were killed. I think 16 were killed the other day and many injured. But what are they supposed to do when they're being attacked? I, I, I don't know, but it's always Israel that's in the wrong in the eyes of the rest of the world. Other than the United States, everybody else in the world will condemn them. Yeah. And even that's hit or miss, depending on who the president at the time is. That's very true. If Obama was in office, I don't know if we'd even stand by him. Fortunately, Donald Trump is in office, and he does stand by them. He's strong on a couple of things, and Israel's one of them. Uh, So, not only has he backed them at the UN, uh, but, of course, the move of the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem is gigantic. And isn't that supposed to happen now before the end of the year? Yeah, I think it was. I think it's still on schedule for that. I don't know. I thought it was next year sometime. I don't know. They may have put it off a a little while longer. They had to Um, construct something. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, But they were going to use a temporary facility, I thought, in the meantime. That's right. Yeah, by the end of the year, they wanted to move into a temporary facility until the new one is built. Because we can't have an embassy that costs less than a billion (laughs) dollars. I don't. I don't know what the deal is on that, but when they build embassies uh, over there, they kind of go all out. So probably trying to raise money, and maybe the Palestinians will. And pay imagine for it. the security that building is going to oh, have to have. Man. Wow, that's going to be something else. That's a place I wouldn't want to work nope. because the work environment be a little stressful. I'm guessing all of the main offices. Maybe this is. Uh, I bet they would have to be underground. Like seriously, mm-hmm. what is upstairs? Uh, what is what is above ground? I should say, in 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 a in a Jerusalem embassy, American embassy, in Ju- so not only is it mm. is it uh, recognize it's a building uh, that that they don't want there, right? But it's an American building in the heart of Israel that they don't want there. How about I'll work somewhere else? Yeah. <laughs> God. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Grand Leash coming up. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It is Pat Gray unleashed. A uh, couple with a weapons arsenal are uh, just waiting for a mission. <laughs> in the apocalypse. Oh, hey, don't worry about it. A Texas couple found with an arsenal of high capacity weapons in their Tewksbury hotel room were waiting for a mission. The apocalypse. Some kind of civil unrest. Uh, according to a prosecutor 
in court. Uh, judge ordered Franco Bradley, 59, and Adrian Jennings, 40, both of Frisco, Texas, mm. held without bail during a, a dangerousness hearing in Lowell District Court after authorities seized large capacity firearms, a machine gun, ammunition, and tactical gear from their hotel room. Wow. <laughs> Prosecutor said uh, the police received a call from Bradley shortly before 4 in the morning or 4 p.m. in the afternoon on Saturday when the Texas man told police he believed his room at the residence inn was being broken into. <laughs> That's great. That's probably poor planning. <laughs> yeah. When you got all that weaponry in there. And, and he drove it to Massachusetts, I'd like to point out. They may be from Texas, but. But they were in Massachusetts. You took them to yeah. Massachusetts. Okay. He told police that a video surveillance device that he had attached to his door <laughs> had cut out. Authorities subsequently found multiple weapons, including an AK-47, an AR-15 with a grenade launcher, ammunition, large capacity feeding devices, and infernal machines. Mm-hmm. He truly seems to have had this idea uh, for himself that he's waiting for a mission, the apocalypse, some kind of civil unrest. It's not clear, according to the prosecutor. Jeez. So he called police himself, and they showed up and they found all this stuff. Good thing he thought he was being broken into. Not a good idea to call police if you got AK-47s and AR-15s with grenade launchers all over your room. Yeah, that's what Pat Gray might call a safety tip. Mm -hmm. That is a good safety tip. (laughs) Uh, ballistics test by state police of the high capacity firearms ammunition and the bump stock found at the scene determined that the weapons are operable authorities also recovered multiple vests helmets and other tactical gear man these guys were prepared yeah uh bradley allegedly provided investigators with information that the gear was for a mission and it was uh, and furnished some identification, including a fraudulent Department of, of Defense badge. <laughs> so he's even impersonating an authority from the Department of Defense. Got himself into just a little bit of hot water here. A preliminary investigation found that Bradley was employed by a Cambridge company uh, in the area where he received multiple parking tickets that were recovered in the room. Or so planning for this too. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> you got to have a, just a little <laughs> more foresight here, man. Come on. Investigators have not uncovered a specific plot or wider conspiracy, um, but there's still there's local, state, and federal authorities now investigating to see what they can find out. If okay. anything, if it goes any deeper than this with any more people or any more plans. Bradley and Jennings are charged with multiple counts of possessing a large capacity firearm. Man, in Massachusetts, I'll bet that's illegal. I bet. I mean, I'll think bet about that's all illegal. of the things with their um, they're planning here. So they got the multiple parking tickets, right? Mm-hmm. He's got the um, the badge, the DOD badge, right? The fake right. guy there. He's got the I'm calling the cops. <laughs> yes, because um, someone's messing with with my door. AK forty seven. I've got which I think are illegal, aren't they? I, uh, AKs. I think AKs are not legal. You've got all this cache of weapons. Mm-hmm. So where is the one place where you're waiting for your mission to come down the pike? You're, you're, where's the one place you're going to go hide out? And that is in a gun-tolerant state like Massachusetts. And we're fortunate that he did that. No kidding. 
Good fortunate, because can you imagine? Who knows what this would have been? A grenade launcher. I mean, he's got all kinds of military equipment here for one purpose and one purpose only. Hmm. That these things are designed to kill. So, and fortunately, they weren't able to kill anybody with him. Uh, so, multiple counts of possessing a large capacity firearm, multiple counts of possessing a large capacity feeding device. Wait, what? Um, a large capacity feeding device. Oh, that's not like a feeding tube. That's no. some sort of weaponry. Something that feeds the gun. Gotcha. Okay. Multiple oh. counts of improper storage of a large capacity firearm. Mm. So you've only, I mean, not only can you not own the large capacity firearm, yeah. you also can't store, it's also illegal to store it. Okay. Uh, one count of possessing a firearm without a license, one count of possessing ammunition without a license, three counts of possessing an infernal machine, which, is that a machine that can cause fire? That's what I think. Infernal. Yeah. So that'd be like a, did flame, he have like a flamethrower? <laughs> No. Did he have a freaking flamethrower? You know, you only got two arms, sir. It's not so much you could do at a time with all of these. And they charged him with possessing a machine gun because he had the bump stock. Wow. So now his mission that he's waiting for will be um, in prison, uh, <laughs> waiting for the the, the, the judge to, to call him over to court. Yeah, and hoping to meet somebody nice while he's there, <laughs> you know, in prison. Because that's where you can meet all kinds of really nice people. Is it? You've been to prison or jail? <laughs> well, I've been to jail. Yeah. Okay. It's a whole nother, whole nother story. Made you a hardened criminal that you are. Mm-hmm. 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 That's where you and Jeffy actually met, and um, you were able to help him get on a work release program, and he ended up here, and so... It, <laughs> and the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So this caravan supposedly has released a group of demands, and apparently... <laughs> They're not breaking up. They're not oh. getting smaller. They haven't disbanded. In fact, the caravan headed for the United States illegally. It now includes 1,500 people. Oh. And they've reached, they're, they're about 400 miles closer. And the closer they get, the more help they get from the Mexican people. Uh, Pueblo Sin Fronteras, political outreach group that organized the caravan, released a press statement for the United States, Mexico, and Central American governments. Here's their de- we demand. All right, demands of the Mexico and the United States. Whoa! So wait a minute. These little pass-throughs uh-huh. are making demands of the country that they're crossing and yes. the country that they're the, approaching and the destination country. That they respect our rights as refugees and our right to dignified work to be able to support our families. Uh, uh, Give uh, you a job? Uh, Shut up. No. Shut (laughs) up, you. I'm sorry. We don't have to. I mean, you have a right to work, I guess, uh, in your country. Whatever. Go work in your country. We're not going to stop you. There is no right that you have to come here and work. Mm -mm. You don't have that right. That is not a right in the United States of America. There is no right of workage. That's a communist Mm -hmm. right. And it works out really well every time it's employed. Mm -hmm. As we've seen in communist China and the Soviet Union and Cuba Mm -hmm. and North Korea and anywhere else a little experiment has been tried. So right to a job. Okay, Okay, I'm marking that off the list. No, thank you. Not happening. We have to respect their rights as refugees and their right to dignified work to be able to support their families. Dignified work. The second demand is 
that we open the borders to them because they are as much citizens as the people of the countries where we are and or travel. Strike two. Nope. (laughs) Good gosh. Where do you get off? That is... uh, uh, It's enough to make your head explode. Uh (laughs) I mean, my eyes have been bleeding so long that they've completely bled out now. And that's why... Now it's just the explosion of my head that I'm worried about. That's why I stopped giving you paper stories, because the blood would just make it unreadable. Yeah, and I just was sopping up the eye blood with the paper. Yeah. So it just got messy. Gross. Frankly, immigration wouldn't be a hotbed political issue in America and the world if that second statement was true, according to the article. A look at the Pueblo Sin Fronteras group website shows that they have extensive experience leading caravans of migrants across different countries (laughs) illegally. Our mission is to provide shelter and safety to immigrants or migrants and refugees in transit, accompany them in their journey, and together demand respect for our human rights. The unmitigated gall. Yep. Our dream is to build solidarity bridges among peoples. <laughs> That's not you're not doing it very well. Hold on, time out. If time you're out. if you're doing it by making demands that you don't have the right to, you're doing it wrong. Um uh, when when you have to read a sentence that includes the word peoples mm-hmm. with an S at the end, yeah. you know there's trouble up Real ahead. Real trouble. Peoples. Yeah, so their dream is to build solidarity bridges among peoples and turn down border walls imposed by greed. Ah. In the face of this clear PR stunt orchestrated by leftist advocates, Trump has already shut down any notion of letting the caravan into the U.S. And he mentioned today he's sending troops to the border. Now, will they get there in time to head this invasion off? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. He didn't really make that clear. That part of it wasn't clear. At least I didn't get that from the announcement. Let's play the announcement again where he talks about uh, sending the military to the U.S. border. Here's the president earlier this afternoon. I told Mexico, and I respect what they did, I said, look, your laws are very powerful. Your laws are very strong. We have very bad laws for our border. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be doing some things. I've been speaking with General Mattis. We're going to be doing Mm -hmm. things militarily. Until we can have a wall and proper security, we're going to be guarding our border with the military. Bless you for saying that. It's a big step. We really yeah. haven't done that before, or certainly not very much before. Not for a long time. Yeah, I think the only not thing... Not for a long, long time. only thing missing from that is that if he had given a date certain. You know, I instructed General yes. Mattis that by April 15th, our military yes. will be in place. That's really the only thing missing from that. So he did not specify that it is to specifically head off this particular invasion, but I'm hoping he means this too, because he should be. I think the last time we had troops on the border, it seems to me was the late 50s, early 60s. And it also seems, and I'm, I might be remembering this wrong, but it seems like I think there was a shooting on the border that killed an illegal immigrant, and that's what kind of put an end to it all. Hmm. It, I, I'll have to look into that story again. But I think that happened during you know, the operation that has the really racist name. And I don't even <laughs> like to say it because it... Yeah, it's awful. But um, uh, it's amazing that we named it that back then. That's how adamant we were about protecting the protecting the border at the time that they named it Operation. Well, it was Operation Whiteback. That's what they called it. 
I mean, you, it, it, we can't get to the point where we can't even state facts anymore, can we? <laughs> yeah, right. That's what it was called. Huh? And at the time, nobody was like, oh, what? No, and, and an element that is still missing from the conversation today that was a part of it back then is that we used to penalize companies for hiring illegals. Yeah, that needs to be done again. Well. Yeah, it needs to be done again. Uh, but where that becomes difficult is when companies start saying, "Well, we can't police. We can't police these immigrants for you. We can't be the detectives to find out who's legal and who's not." Okay. That's the excuse they always use that they can't do that. That doesn't work for the IRS. I uh, know it doesn't. That just kind of they just yeah, leave that to you and then you are responsible. 888-900-3393. You know, we've seen in the news lately, being in a live fire situation is definitely not like it is in the movies. Almost nothing can prepare you for the real thing. But uh, there's a product that can help. It's called iTarget Pro. iTarget Pro utilizes your cell phone and their app and a laser in place of the bullet. So it detects exactly where your shots are landing. You see it and you hear it. So that you can just practice with this laser in the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can get really good at firing your gun. You don't have to buy a bunch of ammunition. You don't have to pay for range fees. So it saves you a heck of a lot of money. You can test different angles. You can maximize your tactical advantage. And most importantly, be prepared should you find yourself in an unthinkable situation. And and really the advantage of doing this at the home too is if you ever have a home invasion, you've already you've already you know practiced right where you're going to do this. Right. And right now you can save 10% when you use the offer code pat when you purchase the iTarget Pro system. Competitive shooters drive fire probably 10 times more than they live fire. And this iTarget system will take your dry fire practice to a whole new level. Save money, save time, and take your skill to the next level safely and effectively. It's the letter I, targetpro.com, offer code PAT, itargetpro.com. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay, we have a lot of uh, listeners that call in from Minnesota. I want to hear from you now if you're a Twins fan. (laughs) This is one of the most pathetic stories I've seen in a long time, (laughs) certainly involving sports. This is pathetic. (laughs) Chance Sisko, isn't he a rookie Mm -hmm. with the the Orioles? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the Orioles and the Twins are playing on Sunday. And after Chance Sisko's ninth inning bunt for a base hit, against a shift irked the Minnesota Vikings on their way out of Baltimore on Sunday. Okay, so so oh. ju- just for the non-sports fan, all these players for the Twins are on the first base side of the infield, right? Well, yeah, they did a shift. If you if you don't know baseball very well, it's really hip right now and cool and the in thing is to shift the infield around to the tendency of the hitter. Right, cuz you know So if the hitter hit. usually hits up the middle, you're going to shift your uh, shortstop 
to like be right behind second base because he hits up the middle and, and you'll be there mm-hmm. and throw him out. Or if he hits to right field, you shift further. You shift all the players further to the right all or right. the left. Yeah. Their left, mm-hmm. actually. And vice versa. If he hits to left, if he's a pull hitter, you shift everybody to the I left. I mean, they're putting infielders in the outfield now. You know, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, it's nuts. And it only works. I, I, I just saw the stat on this, and it doesn't work that often anyway. Mm. I mean, maybe, I, I think it's like 30% of the time. Mm. But I've seen it work quite a few times. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when it works, it's really irritating because <laughs> it would have been a base hit and they just robbed you of that. Totally. Okay, so you're, but you're taking your chances. Mm-hmm. So you shifted, so I bunted, because you're out of position now. Why wouldn't I? Right. And this guy lays down a beautiful bunt. And the twins are all pissed off <laughs> because it's an unwritten rule that you can't bunt when there's a shift on. <laughs> Screw you, what? What are you talking about? Aren't you guys all paid millions of dollars to play this game as well? Get Figure it out. Over yourselves. Or be prepared for that. Right. Shift into position where there might be a bunt occur. (laughs) If they're all playing up, if the infield is all playing up like they do when they suspect a bunt is coming, and you hit the ball, are they going to be angry about that? (laughs) It's an unwritten rule that you can't swing away when we're playing for a bunt. Yeah, it's an unwritten rule that when there's three (laughs) balls and no strikes, you just take the next pitch. We're not ready for you to swing at it. It was 3-0, and and he swung at it. Usually you take that ball. I mean, I... This This is craziness. I mean, of all the things to get upset about, are you serious? I mean, is this this that coddled generation of participation trophies coming of age? Here we go. This is a sissy society we've become... Uh, where the Minnesota Twins are whining that he bunted when we had a shift on. We were trying to make him not get a hit, but he got a hit anyway. Wait, time out. That's not fair. The Twins were up 7 to to nothing nothing in the ninth inning. the other element of this. I mean, shouldn't they have stopped scoring, Pat, if they had about two or three runs anyway? Well, it's going to get that bad in baseball. You know it is. I I don't know. You're not supposed to swing the bat when you're up by seven. (laughs) Because in football, that's the case. In football, you're not supposed to score a touchdown when you're up by 60. If you're up by 40 points and there's five minutes left in the fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to just run the ball into the middle of the line. With your eighth string running back. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Even if you put in your eighth string, uh, you still can't throw the ball and, you know, get them some practice. Mm Mm-mm. We're talking even in the NFL, I've heard them whine about this. I mean, just get, I can't, I can't take it. There man. was a Dallas Cowboys linebacker. I can't remember who it was. Was, uh, it, was it recently? No, it was a few years ago now. Ah, and the Packers were playing them, and I think they passed on I think I know what you're talking about. third down, and he couldn't make the play, and he was pissed because the Packers were up by whatever. And the guy made $7 million. Stop the play, douche. Stop the play. Hold on a then. second. Okay? You get paid Hold on. to stop the play. Are you sure? That, are you confusing? Is this Brett Favre when he was with the Vikings? It might have been. And was he's it talking Favre? About, he's talking about former Falcon Keith Brooking when he said... Yeah, it was that, Brooking. He, yes. Okay, so I, first of all, Favre. I love Keith Brooking. Second of all, mm-hmm. I did not realize this story where he said Brooking's passing was such classless. No, yeah. come on. He's not. Pansy. But, no, but this is weak. He called that late score classless. Uh, the fact that you couldn't make that play That's, is pretty so, pathetic, yes. Keith. Sorry. Yes. And Brooking at the time, I remember looking up his salary, and I think it was <laughs> it was between five and ten million dollars a year. Right. I mean, seriously, you're. 
paid professional athletes and you're paid handsomely. You're you're among the richest people who've ever lived on the face of the earth. And you're going to complain if somebody lays down a bunt when you've got a shift on in the infield. <laughs> I'd be embarrassed. And you're going to complain if somebody throws on you and it's... That's the paycheck, man. I That is... <laughs> seriously, we're in... I, I mean, that's a serious symptom that, of the hideous disease our society has that, been infected with. That Orioles twin story is our society just in a nutshell right there. The twin... Listen to this line. The twins called foul on the bunt, citing a violation of the game's unwritten rules. <laughs> and while those rules do frown upon bunting for a hit <laughs> during a no-hitter, uh, the Orioles were miffed by Minnesota's rationale. Oh, and by the way, uh, it wasn't a no-hitter. So, Oh, it wasn't a no-hitter? No, because no, it, said, it says in there it was a one-hitter at the time. Yeah, so this okay. was the second hit of the game. I mean... Totally get over yourselves. I look. I don't care if yeah, if you bunt when somebody's got a no hitter. Yeah, I don't care either. Throw him out. If you know, have the catcher go get the bunt or the pitcher get the bunt or bring your infield in. Don't, make, I mean, come on. Make the play. You're a millionaire. Yeah, you're professional athletes. You're paid to make the freaking play, not whine to a sports reporter in the locker room afterward. Really mm. hard to believe that we've become this. Sissified. Sissified. It's Perfect. really, really sad. <laughs> it's embarrassing is what it is. Wow. And the game was out of reach anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's to seven to nothing. I don't know what inning it was. The, it was the ninth say. inning. It was the ninth inning. Oh, it inning. was the ninth yeah. inning? So the wi- so, oh, my So gosh. just to put this into perspective. Ninth inning. Not a no-hitter. Uh-huh. You put the shift on, Minnesota. You were up by seven runs, Minnesota, and you took the mm. time to complain that the guy bunted on you? Screw you, Minnesota Twins. Uh, that's why they'll never win a World Series. Unless they play the Braves in 1991. <laughs> Except for then. Another World Series. Thank you. Much better. <laughs> All right. 888 Use that number tomorrow, and uh, we'll be solving more of the world's problems then. <laughs> Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.